Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. When you've got that massive historic PFL versus Bellator card, it is a big one. It's a pay-per-view. It's PFL champs versus Bellator champs and PFL stars versus Bellator stars. Historical night. First time in MMA history that a place like this is hosting Saudi Arabia, a big MMA card. It's, in fact, the first major MMA event to take place in Saudi Arabia and the first cross-promotional event between both PFL and Bellator with former champions and current champions colliding in one epic night. The headliner, like I said earlier, is Henan La Problema Fejera going up against Ryan Bader. They go toe-to-toe in a fight that I think will determine who Francis Ngannou will fight in his PFL debut. That's the plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they announce that. That seems to be the direction. So stay tuned. Also, as we said earlier, Johnny Eblen against Impa Kasangane. They did save Patricio Pitbull. He's going to remain on the card. Aaron Pico as well. Clarissa Shields on the card. Yoel Romero. Um, Tiago Santos. Whole bunch of big names. It's all going down this Saturday, February 24th, live on ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View and DAZN. That's ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View or DAZN. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, September 20th, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a lovely weekend. Hope life is good. Beautiful Monday afternoon here in New York City. I feel alive. I feel well. I feel healthy. I'm excited. You know, nothing like a pay-per-view fight week. We kick things off for all of you as we used to do and how, you know, it's starting to feel like the old days. It's starting to feel like old hat. It's starting to feel like we've been doing this for the past three years and then some. It's starting to feel like those old times where we would be the first stop before a very big week. And this is a big week. UFC 266. This Saturday in Las Vegas, yes, we know about Alex the Great Volkanovsky defending his UFC featherweight title against Brian Ortega 2.0, Ortega 2.0, or some are saying even 3.0. We'll find out. Uh, Yes, of course, we know about Valentina Shevchenko, who we spoke to last week, uh, defending her women's flyweight title against the uh, streaking Lauren Murphy. But let's be honest, the people's main event, and th- this is essentially why the people's main event uh, was was born in my mind. And, and, and by the way, I see a lot of people using the people's main event, completely forgetting who started. Because make no mistake about it, I started it. I see promotions using the people's main event with no credit, no hat tip, no HT, no TM, no C, just, just pretending like it's a thing. I started that on this show many moons ago. I do believe the first ever People's Main Event was McGregor Brimage back in 2013. Have the picture right over there. I do believe that I started it 
for that fight. That I'm not 100% sure about. What I am 100% sure about is that I started that phrase. Like, the, the, that, like, I mean, like that phrase did not exist. It did not exist before I said it for the first time, I think around eight or so years ago. In any event, I'm not here to do the old Barry Horowitz. What I am here to tell you is the People's Main Event on Saturday night is a fight that, hey, look, this is me giving credit. I have to give credit to Nick Baldwin, young Canadian MMA reporter who tweeted this earlier today. Fantastic job he does working for the score and other places. Uh, I still think he's like 16 years old. Uh, it's amazing what this man has done at such a young age. He tweeted today that the amount of months in between Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler 1 and Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler 2, which is what we are getting on Saturday, 209 months, a.k.a. 209 months. That's absurd. It has been 209 months since Robbie Lawler and Nick Diaz fought, and they're doing it again on Saturday. That's a big deal. Nick freaking Diaz. It's been almost two years since I sat down next to Nick Diaz at the ESPN South Street Seaport Studios at approximately 1 a.m. a few days after UFC 244 at Madison Square Garden where he told me that he wanted to come back and fight Jorge Masvidal. Two years, almost, 22 months to be exact, since that time. And now look at him. He is finally back, fighting in Las Vegas. Again. Against one... Robert Lawler, Bob Lawler. That's on Saturday. That feels like a really big deal. You know, there's so many events. There's so many cards. There's so many fights. There's so many fighters. Sometimes it's hard to break through, and it feels like they're on a conveyor belt week after week after week after week. UFC, Bellator, PFL. It just feels like it's nonstop. And then once in a while, something breaks through where you're like, wow. I got to go out of my way to watch this. Not only do I have to go out of my way to watch it, I have to go out of my way to tell people to watch it. I have to remind people to watch it. That's what this fight feels like. Because of the nostalgia, because of who Nick Diaz is, because of his place in the sport, and with all due respect, because of who Robbie Lawler is, but let's be honest, you know, it could have been Nick Diaz versus anyone. And I love the matchup, and I love the fact that they put him in there against someone who's at his skill level, age level, not a guy like a Hamzat Shemaev who's on a roll, or you know, a guy with a, a, a wrestling background who's just going to take him down. Like It's the perfect matchup. They deserve a lot of credit for it. Credit to uh, Diaz's team for seeing that and for taking that. And I just hope, in my heart of hearts, I just hope that he is doing this because he wants to. Because we all know, um, we all know that, that, that Nick has had a tough relationship, a mixed relationship, a conflicted relationship with the fighting, especially towards the end of his career. I'll never forget what he told me after he was suspended for five years for testing positive for, for marijuana again. And what he told me about his brother and what he told me about why they got into the sport and why he got into the sport and how he feels like he has to look out for him. Of course, his brother Nathan has turned out to be one of the biggest draws in the history of the sport and most popular fighters in the history of the sport. Um, and, and, and that was all during his hiatus. And so everyone is curious to see how he looks, how he performs, what kind of mood he's in on fight week. Shame we have to see him in the Venom gear and all that stuff. But alas, we're getting Nick Diaz back. And I just hope he is doing this because he wants to, because he is eager to, because he has desire to, not because he has to. 
That's the only thing I hope and pray for. So we'll have a lot of time to talk about 266. Of course, this past weekend, uh, some interesting fights, a couple interesting cards, UFC and Bellator on the same day. The big news out of the UFC card, Anthony Smith once again shows people that there are levels to this game. He wins his third in a row. A year ago, we were writing him off. We said that he was a shell of his former self, that he was done, that he was a dead piece of wood after losing to Alexander Rakic. And then, of course, the, 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 the beatdown against Glover Teixeira. A lot of people were concerned about his health, about you know his future, and he has since won three in a row and has looked fantastic in wins over Devin Clark, Jimmy Crute, and then this past Saturday, a very dominant one-sided victory over Ryan Spann. So that was uh, this past Saturday in Las Vegas. That was the big news coming out of that card. And then in San Jose, we had... Uh, the return of Bellator to their unofficial home, the Shark Tank, the uh, the SAP Center, formerly known as HP Pavilion, the uh, highly anticipated Bellator debut of Yoel Romero. Unfortunately for Yoel, it did not go his way. He lost the fight to Phil Davis. Uh, I thought Phil deserved to win the fight. I think you can make a very strong case for Phil winning all three rounds. Uh, one judge scored it for Yoel, which is just absolutely crazy. I don't know. I think you can maybe make a case for the first round. Definitely not him winning two out of those three rounds. That is absurd. It did seem maybe like Yoel thought it was a a, a five-round fight, not a three-round fight. Um, and that's unfortunate uh, because, of course, in the UFC non-title main events are five rounds. In the end, he loses his Bellator debut, and we'll see where he goes from here. A uh, very fun show coming up. Back end, we'll talk to Dan Hooker. You may have heard a lot about his uh, his travel issues, his visa issues. He's fighting this weekend. We'll get uh, some clarity on that. It seems as though he got his visa, but he'll be flying in on Thursday from New Zealand to Las Vegas. It's absolutely insane. So we'll see uh, if all's good there. Alex Volkanovsky, the reigning defending UFC featherweight champion, will join us before he, uh, of course, defends that title on Saturday. A little quick, quick with the reveal here. I'm going through the lineup uh, but in any event, we'll get to that guy in a second. Let me just give props to uh, Leon Edwards. He's going to join us. A lot going on in his life. Um, so we'll talk to Leon Edwards about that. Ryan Kavanaugh is going to join us. And uh, he is the head man over at Triller. And we'll talk about everything that happened last weekend at Triller. So stay tuned for that. And Carlos Condit is going to join us. He retired on Thursday. I look forward to talking to Carlos Condit as well. But first, let us go to the Zoom machine now and say hello to the aforementioned Anthony Smith, who had the big win on Saturday. And there he is, kind enough to join us. This man was so confident that on Thursday, when I texted him, I believe it was Thursday, hey, man, just wanted to wish you luck. He writes back, see you on Monday. That's how confident he was, essentially implying, I got this. I'm winning. I'm going to walk out of there unscathed, and all will be good. And look, he's. it looked like he had a, a nice little Saturday in the park with his kids. Nothing happened. Congratulations, Anthony. Thanks, Ariel. I appreciate that. Um, I'm assuming, I mean, obviously you were confident. Obviously you thought you were going to, did you think it would be that quick? That I, I hate to say easy because you were in a cage fight with another human being, but that was fairly one-sided. I, I Dare I say you outclassed Ryan Spann. Is that what you were expecting? No, no, I didn't expect that at all. Um, there's just, there was a few things like leading up to that moment that kind of gave me some tells. They kind of showed their hand a little bit early. So, uh, 
it, once I was in there and the fight was happening, I kind of had a, I had a feeling that could happen, but I went in there prepared for a, a, a grueling grinding fight. That wasn't my game plan. <laughs> what were the tells? Um, well, right away, I, you know, John Jones kind of did that thing where he doesn't look at people in the face-offs and stuff, but, yeah. um, that was kind of an, like Ryan Spain doesn't always look at people like as I look back at it, but he does face them. Um, and he wouldn't completely face towards me, which is kind of a little bit weird. And, and maybe that's me reading into it a little bit too much, but it just, it was, that was a little odd to me. Like it was a little bit like he wasn't, I don't think it was so much me. He was very unsure of what to do in the moment. I, I, I got like a, you know, Talladega Knights was like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like I kind of had like, that kind of a moment with him, like even watching him in there, like he didn't look the same as he had looked in other fights. And I only knew that because I looked back to see kind of what his body language was um, after the weigh-ins. So it was a little like, not maybe not so much me, but maybe the moment, like he was, he was just uncomfortable and like he didn't, wasn't acting the same way. Um, his coaches gave me a tell right away when we were in the center of the octagon. Um, Herb Dean gave our final instructions and safe said, all right, we're just touching here. We're just touching. Um, touching isn't going to work for Ryan Spann against a guy like me. Um, I said it over and over and over that unless he knocked me out and did it early, that he couldn't beat me. And if he wasn't going to even try, uh, that, that kind of freed me up a little bit. Sure. But if he was just going to try to play a super technical game and, and try to out, out point me or outstrike me, like technically, he wasn't going to win that game. Um, and then some of the calls they were giving him during the round, um, you know, he bit on, on a faint real hard with an overhand, right. Uh, which matched up with one of the calls that they were, that they were giving him. And it was a lot, it was a lot of overhand, right stuff. Um, and then the, him, him kind of coming to the body lock right away, told me that he wanted to wrestle, which also freed me up a lot. Um, cause I, I wasn't. I was wondering, like we talked about it in training camp. I was wondering if he was going to maybe take an Alexander Rakic approach and maybe just try to stall me out for a while, maybe wear me down, make me carry his weight for a while, and then maybe unload. So um, kind of showed his hand there. That he wasn't going to go into big explosions. He wasn't going to really go for broke. Um, and that he was willing to wrestle if he had the opportunity. Kind of, It really freed me up a lot. Um, that, that whole not looking at the opponent and the stare down thing is a bizarre one to me. Um, it always has been, even when John did it, because you're about to fight the guy. I don't understand why you don't want to look at him in the eye, but are you trying to say, Anthony, that the guy, the opponent who was saying main event doesn't matter. I don't care about any of this actually was kind of feeling the moment was, was, was getting a little bit too uncomfortable on that big stage under that spotlight in his first main event. Is that what you were feeling? I, I think so. And I'm not sure if it's a conscious thing. Um, and, I, and again, I don't, I don't think it's me. I'm not going to be the guy that's out here saying, I think he's afraid of me because I don't believe that. Um, I think that people don't understand how much different it is being in a main event. It, it, it's essentially, it's just a different position on the card, but it's way more than that. Um, every, everything that you do, like he's used to fighting in the UFC, but everything's different when you're a main event from your media schedule to the way that people treat you to the, the kind of the step-by-step process leading into fight night. It's all different. So it's almost like you're making your UFC debut again, because, and it may be even worse, at least when you make your debut, you know that you're not going to know how this is going to work. 
when you make your first, when you have your first UFC main event, you think you know how this is going to go, and it's just you just happen to be the last one to fights, and that's not how it works. It's it, the whole the whole process is different. So I, I could just you could just tell that it was just different, and and it was more just a body language thing. Like even the announcement of your name is different mm. than it is on another fight. So like if you got something cool you want to do and look cool, like the timing of that is different. Um, just everything's different. It, it, it's a it's a different experience. Few things I'm dying to know. Number one, what did you say to him immediately after the fight was over, as you were standing over him? Can we cuss on this show? Go ahead, <laughs> cuss away, dog. This ain't ESPN. Because, because first, okay, and we'll get to the post-fight interview, which I could not hear. No one heard anything. It was just like one long beep. But in that, the first one was in that moment, standing over him. What did you say? Um, the first thing I said, I think I just said it over and over. I said, "Where's that ass whooping you were bringing?" Uh, cause that's some, that's one of the things that he said. And then, you know, security kind of got him and I wasn't trying to like, I was walking away from him. I wasn't trying to get in some dust up, uh, post fight. I, I was walking away as I said it. i just, I, I held it in pretty well all week, but I was real pissed all week long. Um, and I just didn't want to, to be very honest with you, I didn't want to say anything that I was going to regret if, if it didn't go my way. So I saved it all for, for a post fight. Pissed and about what though? Just, just, it, okay. I'll, I'll break this part of it and make a little, I'll break this down and make a little more sense. Okay. Here's, here's like one experience that I go through an entire training camp. Like my, my family and myself sacrifice a lot so that I can be in the position that I'm in. I miss out on a lot of things. I, I carry a lot of guilt with me. Um, you know, and I said it in the presser, I, I could have been a doctor in the amount of time that I've put into this sport. Um, I've sacrificed my entire adult life to, to try to be the best I can be. So I don't care if guys say they're going to, or they say or think or, or do kick my ass. Like if that's, if that's part of the game, that's just fight. That's just the fight game. Um, I don't care. If they think I suck or, or I could have beat that guy better or, or he sucks here and his striking is shit or his jujitsu is bad or what, like none of that stuff bothers me at all. The dismissiveness of my journey is what pisses me off because that's where I put all the work into like the, I don't care what he's done and I don't care where he's been and I don't care how long he's been fighting and I don't care, you know, like all the, I don't care shit. And, and the, just the disrespect of my journey. So like last night, um, putting my kids to bed, it's Sunday night and my four-year-old goes into a hysterical mess and she's just yelling and screaming that she wants me to hold her. And then she starts screaming, I don't want you to go. I don't want you to go over and over and over and over. And I was so confused. I didn't know what she was talking about because I wasn't going anywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, she's used to waking up every Monday morning with me being gone. Uh-huh. And so like, she's got like PTSD of, of like me leaving. So for, for Ryan Spann to just blatantly just blow it off and, and like the shit that I've done and the shit that I do doesn't matter. It does matter. And it matters to a lot of people, you know, like there's a lot of people that care. And there's a lot of people, including my peers, that respect me. And that's what that's where the anger came from for me. Maybe he didn't mean it as a disrespectful comment in the way that he approached it and just completely wrote off everything I've ever done in the sport. But I was able to do that stuff because of the other sacrifices that I make. So, again, maybe I made a mountain out of a molehill, but it, it really genuinely bothered me. So that's what I said to him as soon as the fight was over, was like, I, I bet you respect me now. Like, I bet you care now, you know, like 
where's that ass whooping you said you were bringing? Because I didn't get it. What did he say back to you? Did he apologize? Because it looked like he was trying to to get to you and they were stopping him. The security was stopping him. Yeah, he was saying, I don't got any, I don't got any problem with you. And, and okay. you know, Safe was saying, you know, his coach came in and was saying, you know, we're better than this. We're better than this. And I said, you should have been better than this when you cut that promo a month ago. Mm. Like the, and, I, and, and I, I calmed down really quickly. I calmed down really quickly. I had a good conversation with Safe. I, you know, I had, and I, I, I several times went out of my way to say a lot of nice things about Safe and his team, um, and I didn't have to do that. Like I don't have to do that. I sit up on ESPN all the time and just sing that guy's praises. I don't have to do that. Um, but I do believe that he's a great coach. I think he's fantastic. I think he's one of the elite coaches in the game. But. Um, so we had a quick moment and then Ryan wanted to come shake my hand and, and he was cool. He said that he doesn't have any problem with me, that he does respect me and that he's just out here trying to feed his family and I'm out here trying to feed mine. And, um, you know, I told him that I think he's good. I think he's great. He's just, and I told him to keep coming at these guys. Um, just not me. And then, so you, you have that moment and they're breaking you up and then you eventually talk. And so I'm thinking, all right, once they give him the mic, it's going to be back to the mild-mannered sort of, you know, quiet Anthony Smith that we know and love. But then you drop another promo on them. Unfortunately, it was like Nick, uh, Nick, Nathan Diaz, Michael Johnson back in the day on Fox where we couldn't hear what you were saying. This wasn't even longer because that whole first answer, I think, was just inaudible. What did you say then? Yeah, well, I wasn't planning on saying 417 cuss words in 20 <laughs> seconds, but um, I'll take out the cuss words. But essentially, I said I'm sick of getting shit on all the time. And because Michael asked what that was about, that I was pretty charged up. So I said, I'm sick of getting shit on all the time. And I'm sick of, there's no, there's no winning. Like if I, I beat the, the guys ahead of me, the veterans, the, the former champions, the, the legends, and they say they're too old. And I, now I'm beating the up and comers and now they're not ranked high enough and they're, and they're young and they're inexperienced. And I was like, I just said, fuck you guys. Like, then that's kind of my mentality. That's how it's been. I said, fuck you guys. Like, I don't make those decisions. I just fight the people they put in front of me. Amen. And that, and that was just, and I was just, I just, I I guess I just had to get that out. Cause that's how I felt for a long time. It's just a big, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying really hard to not make a heel turn like you did, but uh, <laughs> Trust I'm, me. I'm, it's good on the dark side. Anthony, join me, baby. Look, <laughs> look at the love you got for that promo. And no one can even hear what, what you said. People love to hear that fire. They, they want to feel that out of you, that passion. Yeah. I just, I'm over it, man. I'm just, I, I, you know, it was always like, okay, who do I got to beat? Who do I got to beat? And then I think I got it figured out. And then, you know, it's just always, then it's just always another issue, you know? So, I just not cared. And, and it feels really good to not care, but I, I, I was holding all that in. So I, I had to just get it out. It was just eating me alive. You know, like we've talked about filling up my cup, you know what I mean? Like I'm normally I would have put all that shit in the cup and you'd never heard about it, but yeah. I'm not filling that cup up anymore. I'm not, I'm just letting it out. So if you don't like it, it is what it is. Now, did it feel good or did you feel guilty because, you know, you're a broadcaster now too. You know what it's like when people swear. You're t Like, what were the emotions as you were walking out? Because I would imagine there was a part of you who was like, damn, that felt good to get off my chest. But there was also a part of you, you know, being the company guy that you are and uh, a, a budding broadcaster who was like, man, I probably shouldn't have swore so many times. Was that, were you conflicted in the moment afterwards? No, nah, Dana and Hunter loved it. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dana and Hunter loved it. <laughs> Um, they just loved that I was passionate, right? That I like, that's what they care about. At least that's, you know, I mean, that's what they told me. They care about the passion. Cause I apologize to a lot of people. Right. Like I specifically real, I re, you know, I, I had to reach out and apologize to Sean Shelby in the pre-fight meeting, you know, like the day of weigh-ins, um, 
you know, of course, we're actually allowed to cuss on ESPN Plus. That's we're actually allowed to do that. They asked, like Sean Shelby was very, very. He's like, listen, you guys can cuss. I just, I, I hope you don't. My, you know, I have a daughter that watches all these fights. She's a big fan of all you guys, and, and I'd just rather she didn't have to hear it. Um, so I, I felt really guilty because I typically don't. I've never, I don't think I ever have. And you know, on the, the 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 one time Sean Shelby actually brings up, okay, my kid's going to be watching. You know, just take it easy on the curse words. I say, uh, you know, a hundred thousand of them. So I, you know, I, I, you know, I had to reach out to Sean and apologize. I, I called Hunter and, and and apologized again. Everyone was good with it. You know, they they understand that that's not the typical me. Um, I felt more bad about the Ryan Span thing. I think, meaning the standing over him and all that. Yeah, just and and just just rubbing it in a little bit because okay. my intention wasn't to rub it in; it was to remind him. Right, but. I, I can see how it comes off as, as rubbing it in or, or trying to be arrogant. I had nothing to do with it. I just, I was trying to remind him of the things that he said and the things that I said. So uh, I do feel bad about that because he, he's right. Like we're both just trying to feed our families here and, and whatever he has to say to get himself hyped up is, is that's on him. And, and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm you know, far being me to ever compare myself to, to Michael Jordan, but that could have been like a Michael Jordan moment where like, I'm just taking things really personal, you know, like when he says, and I took that personal, yeah. you know, like I'm just, I, maybe I just took it more personal than it should have been. Uh, but the, the fact is, is that's genuinely how I felt. So, um, you know, I, I don't have any, I don't have anything personal against Ryan Spann. I, he didn't deserve for me to, to kind of kick him while he was down. So I, I needed to let that out um, just for me and in my own, my own well being, but, you know, kind of feel feel bad for kind of stepping on him as the lowest moment of his career, probably. Now, the other notable thing that happened in the post fight was the Alexander Rakic call out, and then he wrote, you know, uh, December and all that. I can understand why that fight interests you. Um, highly ranked guy, he's on a roll. You had the fight against him. You felt like it wasn't you, and and you want to run that one back. Historically, just watching and covering the sport for so long, they don't usually run those back that quickly you know he's kind of on his path he doesn't that guy doesn't usually take the step back and run it back now you're um a popular fighter so maybe it's it's worth his while but are you surprised that he and the ufc seem to be entertaining this because i had heard that they were talking about him versus yuri and you know he's kind of knocking on that door i thought maybe you versus santos slash walker winner it's it, i was surprised i'll be honest that he was entertaining it and they seem to be entertaining it are you surprised since it just happened a year ago. hundred percent, hundred percent surprised that he entertained it at all. And not because again, not because I think he's afraid. I, I, he already, he already climbed that mountain. Yeah. And I think that it's, I think that it's clear I'm a different fighter. So if I was him, I'd probably just sit on the one I got, like why run it back and, and, and potentially, you know, risk losing. Um, and he's, again, he's highly ranked. He has to take a step back. Um, but I think that Geary has that fight, that title fight wrapped up. And I've been saying that, like, from what I've understood, that Prohaska gets the next sh- shot at it. So if he doesn't, like, if Rakic doesn't fight again, that's a long time off. And we, we both know how the UFC like people waiting around for title shots. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard that he's been offered fights and he's not taking them. So just hearing that they've been offering fights means that they want him to fight. Um, and the fact that he's not taking them is not a good thing, typically. So that really just left me. Um, he, you know, he, uh, 
the Tiago and Johnny Walker are about to fight. If Yuri's getting the title shot, he doesn't want to fight a guy like Reyes or whatever coming off of a, a bunch of losses. Same reason I don't want to fight Reyes because I don't feel like it does anything for me. It doesn't get me any closer to a title. Um, so that just really leaves me and him. And, you know, to, to his, to his credit, you know, he, he kind of dominated me positionally, you know, I wouldn't say he beat me up or anything, but um, he didn't have to do a whole lot in that fight. I, I like the symbolism of you versus Santos. Cause I know what that fight means to you. The first fight between you guys, mm-hmm. you, you, you don't dig that one. No, I, I love the Rackage fight too for you, but I just thought, cause they're fighting in a couple weeks. So it felt like, Oh, your schedules were aligning. Um, of yeah. course he has to win the fight no, I, for it to make sense. Yeah. I love the Santos fight. Um, I want it to really mean something though, for both of us. Mm-hmm. I think if we fought right now, it would just, it'd just be a fight, you know? And, and, and no disrespect to Tiago. I got a lot of love for that guy, but beating him right now doesn't do anything for me is term in terms of getting close to a title. Mm-hmm. And that's me really having to check my ego with my team and, and my, and my management team and, and Lloyd and Mark and everybody like, Anthony wants to fight Tiago Santos for sure. But is that's is that what's the best opportunity to get me into a title fight? And, you know, unfortunately it's not. So do you think you versus Rackage 2 happens in December? Like has anything happened in the last 36 hours since, you know, the fight for us to, to feel like this is going to be a, a, an actual thing? Uh, I, I mean, I like it. Obviously, Rackage likes it. Um, we haven't gotten that far. Usually, they give me a couple days. I got a doctor's appointment today that we have to go make sure everything's good. So, okay. I think before we get into those conversations, the UFC wants to make make sure that I'm not going to be on the shelf for any amount of time. Okay. Um, I noted a great line there. Off-the-cuff moment. Spontaneous moment. Um, great producing, by the way. Shout out. You know, everyone says... You're so negative, Ariel. No, great producing. Whoever was in Michael's ear in that moment and told him that Rakic tweeted, and that, that's great producing. That's on the ball producing. So whoever that was in the truck, uh, kudos to them. And so he mentions December, and then, and then uh, he says it to you, and you say Merry Christmas to me. And I, I, I tweeted that my good friend's breaking tea should make the T-shirt, Merry Christmas to me, with your face on it. Let's go. Let's sell that merch. Dude, go to my Instagram right now. Is it Go a to thing? my bio, and there's a link to that T-shirt. Come on. Thanks to Ariel Hawani for making that connection. I didn't make any connections. I did not make any. There it is. Link right there. <laughs> Merry Christmas to me. Look at that. Can we get a zoom in on that? I don't know. It's a little. Go, go to his Instagram right now. There's the shirt. That's sick. For yeah. sale right now. How sweet is that? For sale right now, dude. It's amazing. Um, that I just ne- We've never done like a cool shirt like that, but... That's on my there it that's is. on my Instagram story right now. That is amazing. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. You got to get your Merry Christmas to me shirt right now. The next um, step they is, were so fast too. Next step is is the Christmas sweater with your got face to. on it. Got to do it. But that is great. Right, we got to do that for like an ugly Christmas sweater party. Exactly. Or that is. I I have nothing to do with that company. By the way, I have no shares. They don't pay me. They did make the Hiwani shirt, and they reached out to me. I had nothing to do with it. They they were like, "Hey, we're fans," and so amazing that they're able to capitalize on that so right now people can go and buy that i hope you make a lot of money off of this this is great yeah that'd be that'd be cool huh um okay so that's on your instagram and your bio right now so we're hoping that everything goes okay with this uh, doctor's appointment and then if all goes well you can fight rackage that's amazing uh i will i will let you know um alexander did reach out to me uh and he's going to be on the show wednesday 
so we'll get his response to your fight, to what you, anything in particular you'd like to say to the young man, anything you want me to uh, to pass on to him? No, I, you know, I, I don't have, I hope that I, I know that it was, I was really charged up and fired up when I did give the call out, but I have, I have no issues with, with Rakish, the, the man at all. He's, he was very respectful to me uh, leading up to that fight. He was really respectful afterwards. Um, he said a lot of nice things to me afterwards. And I really credit him to, you know, I credit him with, with a lot of my recent success, to be honest with you. Um, he forced me to make a lot of tough decisions. I had to have a lot of hard conversations. I, that fight was a, was a big eye opener for, for me and my team. And, and if it wasn't for him in that fight, we would have never made a lot of the adjustments, changes, you know, mental adjustments, you know, the, you know, the getting back to my therapy stuff and really managing my, my mental game. And, and so a lot of that stuff came on the heels of the fight with him. So, um, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. He's tough as shit. Um, I just know I could beat that man. Uh, and I, and I know that if I'm on, I can do it fairly similar to how I've been beating everybody else. Um, I just, uh, I just want that chance. And, and I know what it's like to take fights with lower ranked people. And I know what kind of risk that is. Obviously I've been doing it for like a year now. So, um, that's, it's a big, it's a big risk. He could lose everything that he's gained all the way up to this point to me when he's already beaten me once. So, uh, takes a, it takes a big man to do something like that. So, you know, I'll give, I'll give him the credit where it's due. If I would have told you September 20th, 2020, we're having a conversation, I'm doing a show, whatever. Hey, and it's my wedding anniversary today. Oh, wow. Congrats. Muzzle How about that? Everything's coming a, up on her. I got an Ariel Hilwani interview for my anniversary. I mean, wow. I'm sure your wife is just absolutely thrilled that you're spending the afternoon with me here instead of She's going so happy about it. She's, she should be looking for a Tesla and a golf cart for me. That's what she should be doing. Oh, wow. I hope okay. that's what she's doing. Get her a t-shirt with your face on it. Uh, courtesy. Oh, of- that's fantastic. <laughs> um, they have uh, female uh, sizes here. I see it right here. Um, no, but if I would have told you September 20th, 2020, that, hey, man, I know that performance against Rakic felt, you know, not like yourself, lackluster, whatever. I know the Glover fight was tough, but you're about to win three straight against, you know, some studs on big stages and main events, whatever. Would you have believed me that this, you know, the, the following year would have turned out the way it did for you? After where you for were, sure. after, you what you would have, yeah, for sure. I've 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 been here before, you know, like in in, in not on this stage with this many eyes watching, uh, but I've come off of skids before and done fantastic things and 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 made amazing strides and and really pushed the envelope and surprised a lot of people. This isn't this isn't my first time having to do this, so um, unfortunately that that sucks because of, you know there's a lot of pain that comes with all that stuff and having to do it repeatedly. But this isn't unfamiliar territory. I love it. Well, uh, I hope everything goes okay. I hope you get that uh, fight. I look forward to talking to Alexander on uh, on Wednesday's show. We'll get his response to everything. Um, and uh, are you working? Uh, are you working any cards coming up, TV wise? Or are you taking a bit of a break? Uh, I got a little break right now. Um, we got this baby on the way, so we're kind of just oh, kind I didn't of know a that. holding pattern for that. Really? You have a baby on the way? Wow! Congrats. Yeah, you didn't see my wife on the broadcast. She's about to pop. I didn't see it. No, well, maybe I, w- I wasn't looking at the belly. I'm, I don't know. Maybe I missed that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got another girl on the way. Fourth what? girl. Fourth girl. You know you're a real man <laughs> yeah. when you have four girls. It's like all the toughest guys, like Mark <laughs> Coleman, all those guys, they all have girls, only girls. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I've been told, like, the testosterone. I don't know what it is. But four, And when's the due date? 
uh, like end of October, but she typically goes three. She's always gone three weeks early. So I would say probably three or four weeks at the most. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, uh, I wish the best yeah. to you and your, your wife and your family. That's very exciting stuff. Uh, it's a good time to be uh, the Smith family and it's nice to see everyone so happy for you, rooting you on. Uh, you knew that you were going to bounce back. I don't know if everyone knew that you were going to bounce back. And so it's, it's nice to see you back in the winner's circle doing your thing. And, and uh, I hope that you get that fight in December. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate it. Congratulations. Congrats on the... Uh, hey, before the I go, Ariel, yeah. one more thing. Sorry. Yeah. I, I got to just give a... I don't know. Like I, I, I guess I owe the fans um, kind of an apology and kind of uh, uh, some gratitude. Like, I think I bawled everyone into like a big group when I said everyone's hating on me everyone's talking shit no one believe you know what I mean like I think I balled everyone into one big group and and it's it's not like that so I, I don't want I don't want the people that really have supported me for a long time to think that I just kind of that I shit on everyone else by just sit, balling everyone into the same group but I've had so many maybe more people reach out to me than ever uh on, after this fight on social media and and and, and other posts that I see and I'm tagged in like I've never had so much love uh, wow. before and, and people really wanted to take an opportunity to like, let me know, like, I'm not one of those people. I've always respected you. I've always appreciated you. I, you know, we, we love watching your journey. So um, I just want to just give those people, like I do see it uh, and really appreciate people reaching out. And uh, I apologize if I make real longtime supporters feel like I balled them into a, a group they don't want to be in. So Man. I appreciate you, Ariel. Thank you so much. That's very, uh, very well said. Thank you, Anthony. All the best. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, brother. All right, there he is. Anthony Smith, big win. Three in a row. We love our friends over at Factor. I've told you about our friends over at Factor. They are great people and support for today's program comes from Factor. So what exactly is Factor? Okay, let me tell you. Having trouble finding the time to eat better or maybe getting decision fatigue, picking out the right foods? Factor's ready-to-eat meals can make the whole thing easy by delivering pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals right to your door. Whether you're on a keto diet, a vegan diet, or just trying to keep track of calories, Factor has over 35 different options a week to choose from, catered to your needs. Plus, their meals are ready in just two minutes, just two freaking minutes, so you don't need to worry about cooking. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, my favorite, extra protein, veggie sides, and a whole lot more. You can head to factormeals.com slash MMAHour50. That's factormeals.com slash MMAHour50 and use the code MMAHour50. That's MMAHour50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. That's code MMAR50 at factormeals.com slash MMAR50 to get, once again, 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Thank you very much to our good friends over at Factor for their support. Thank you to DraftKings as well for their support. For Lionheart, and uh, I, uh, I tweeted that link for that shirt. How about that? That's great stuff. Merry Christmas to me. Off the cuff moment. You got to love that. And uh, what a nice message afterwards to the fans. Um, the fans love it when you wear your heart on your sleeve and when you tell it like it is. And uh, he's always been one of those real guys, one of my favorites in the game, tells it like it is. 
as I said last time, has developed into a fantastic broadcaster. And uh, I really, I really, really enjoy watching him on those shows because let, let's be honest, sometimes it's it's hard to tell it like it is when you're either working for the promotion or you have friends. I mean, that's a tough job. And for whatever reason, it always feels, maybe it's the delivery, maybe it's the tone. I don't know what it is, but it always feels very sincere, very genuine, like he's not taking sides, like he's not saying this because, you know, he feels like he has to say it or someone's going to, you know, get mad at him if he says something. The other, Like it's just, it always feels legit. So really enjoy watching him fight. Has Anthony Smith been in a boring fight? Even when he's on, you know, the other side of the of uh, of the fight, you know, even when he loses the fight, it's it's never boring with him. And so that's three in a row against three really good fighters: Devin Clark, Jimmy Crute. What an impressive win that was! And then this past Saturday, Ryan Spann. We'll see if he gets that racket fight. And yes, uh, Alexander will be on the show Wednesday to talk about that and a whole lot more. See if it is true that he's been turning out fights because I really thought it was going to be him versus Yuri. Just looking at the rankings, it seemed to make all the sense in the world. All right, uh, let's move along now. Some very big news. Uh, late last week, uh, one of the all-time best called it a career, and you saw a lot of emotion afterwards, a lot of nice things being said and written about him. Uh, a man who, in my opinion, personifies what makes this sport so great, so special. Um, one of my favorites to watch, one of my favorites to cover, uh, just an absolute legend. If there was an independent MMA Hall of Fame, he would be first ballot and then some. Um, and so it was uh, It was filled with a lot of emotion when I found out that Carlos Condit was going to call it a career, uh, one of my mom's favorite fighters. Uh, and so I wanted to have him on the show to talk about that decision, his great career and where he goes from here. So without further ado, let us go to the natural born killer himself, the one and only Carlos Condit. Carlos, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Ariel. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Uh, congratulations. Uh, like I said to you privately, absolute honor to watch you and to cover you. And uh, I think, I don't know how in tune you are with social media. You, you got a lot of love over the last few days. So I think you know how people feel about you. I just want to know, um, first off, like what does the last few days feel like? How has it been seeing all these people shower you with praise and gratitude? Um, it's been overwhelming. Uh it, it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot of stuff's been going on. Like, I mean, this happened, this dropped, I've had some crazy shit going on in my personal life. Um, it's been intense. Why did you make this decision now? Um, it was time, man. It was time. Um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, after that, that last fight, you know, I, I felt like I had, I put together a good camp and I was just, uh, a step behind um, Max, and you know, I, I feel like I could, I could really try to tweak things, and I could, you know, try to figure out what, what's, what's missing, what's, you know, you know, what, what part of the formula isn't, isn't working right now, and then go and test it again, and test it again, but you know, in it's, it's. Uh, that's 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 a tough thing to do right that's a tough thing to do because ultimately i have to go and and put myself on the firing line to see you know to see if what i'm doing is working and at a certain point there's uh there's diminishing returns um so i think it's time to move on when, when you walked out of the cage in july did you know that you were done i think pretty soon after okay pretty soon after yeah like, what is that moment like? Because I'm assuming uh, this came out late September. 
of of 2021. So like a few days ago, you didn't make the announcement. It was actually first reported by uh, us at MA Fighting. Damon Martin and Guilherme Cruz spoke to Malky. Um, when did you actually make the decision that you were done? How how many weeks or days after that Max Griffin fight in July? Um, probably just while I was while I was packing up my stuff. And I'll be honest with you, I've 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 been leaving. I think I've said this before. I've been leaving a hotel room after a loss and been pissed off, and you know, leaving all my gear and in a real salty mood, and like you know, you know, basically I'm done with this shit. But this time was different. I wasn't, I wasn't salty about it. I, um, I just felt like it was, it was the right move. And actually probably about three weeks or a month ago, I called Dana and and let him know, or I texted him and he called me. So this, this thing has been, I mean, it's been coming down the pipe for a little while. And what was that conversation like? Uh, it was great. I think me, you know, me and Dana have a pretty good relationship and, um, you know, he, he said, he said, thank you. You know, I, I thanked him for, you know, all the opportunities and, and, uh, that was, that was that. And just to take a step back, you you were saying like when, when you lose, you would actually leave your gear in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple of fights where I'm like, yeah, I mean, I was, I was on that, that, on that losing streak for a while. And I was just, I'd be pretty uh, dejected and yeah, I'd leave, I'd leave my shit. <laughs> like I don't need this anymore. Wow. Uh, do you regret that yeah. in retrospect? Like do you wish you had all your stuff or do you not care? <laughs> no, I totally do. And then I, and then like three weeks later, I'd like need my training gear back. I'm like, shit. I left it all in Vegas. <laughs> oh man. Um, and what's interesting about this is you were on a bit of a roll here recently. Like you, it seemed like you were turning back the clock. The old Carlos was back. People were hyped, talking about some big fights. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's usually this comes after the, you know a three, four fight losing streak. You weren't on that losing streak. And so were you thinking maybe I because I know your contract came up as well. But were you thinking you know what maybe I found something. Maybe I am going to stick around for a new deal and four or five more fights. Um. Yeah. I mean that I I'm an. I'm an optimist, man. Like I, I do get in those spots where I get down about things. Um, but you know, as soon as there's any, any kind of, you know, sunlight peeking through the clouds, I'm, and I grasp onto that. Um, yeah. And I, I, I definitely felt some momentum, but also I, I think it's, it's more so just the time. And, it, and a big piece of this is, like the amount of time and energy that I am still willing to put into fighting at the, at the highest levels. Um, I, th- I think that that is in, in, a, in some ways I'm compromising things in, in my life, in my, in my personal life. So to train as a professional mixed martial artist at, at the highest level of the sport, um, that, that takes a lot. That takes a lot out of me, um, you know, energetically, um, emotionally, just, just everything. And so I have less to give to the rest of my life. And at this point, um, I kind of, I don't want to make that compromise anymore. Usually when someone retires, you know, there's like a big Instagram post or a video or something like that. Last I checked, you have not done anything. Uh, you have not acknowledged this at all. Why is that? Um, part of it, well, initially, like I'd made the decision pretty quick and part of it was, you know, like, uh, you know, my, my, my last opponent, Max is having a big moment. Um, 
And, you know, he had a big win, you know, over me. And I didn't want to kind of take, take away from that by, you know, taking, taking the, the, the stage of my retirement, this and that. Um, and then recently, man, um, you know, like I, like I said, I had some personal stuff going on, dude, my, my fucking best friend just died oh, and like just, just last week. And so I've been dealing with that. Wow. And I'm so, sorry. yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of shit going on and yeah. So I, I did look at your Instagram and you wrote something about, and you wrote brother. I wasn't sure if it was your actual brother or someone that you were referring to as your brother. So could you tell us who that was? Yeah. Um, it's my, my friend, Tim, uh, who was my best friend from like fifth grade. Wow. We were, and, 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 uh, Timmy was a, uh, huge MMA fan. We used to watch UFC VHS tapes that we got from Blockbuster at his house, like every, every weekend, the dude followed me all over the world, watched me fight. He was, he was like my brother. Wow. Uh, and just unexpectedly yeah. passed away. Yeah, man. He, he, he got COVID. Oh no. Oh man. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Yeah, man. It was a, it's a, sh- it's a shitty thing. So, um, you know, obviously, yeah, just had, had a lot going on in the last couple, uh, the last couple weeks. Cause he was, yeah, he was in the hospital for a little while. Um, but even before that, you know, I, I just, I don't know, uh, as far as making a big post, I think maybe at some point I'll make a big post, but part of, part of the retirement thing is also, you know, I came on your show, dude, I, I have mad respect for you and I've appreciated, you know, work, working with you over the years. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm probably not going to do a whole lot of interviews because I don't really have to anymore. Right. Um, yeah. And that's kind of part of, part of the re- retirement thing too, is just, you know, stepping, stepping away from the spotlight. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think this was the part that you loved about being a professional fighter, right? You preferred the actual punching people in the face part a little more, right? Um, I didn't, I didn't mind it. Um, actually, I, I, I like doing interviews. I like, you know, I, I do like this part of it to, to some extent. Um, I, I, I'm a little bit over it. For a long time, I, I enjoyed it. I, I am a little bit over it, though. If I asked you, when were you your happiest in your career? In, 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 I mean, you had so many great moments, WEC champ, interim UFC champ. I still think till this day, with all due respect to Robbie, I still think you should have gotten the nod at 195, one of the greatest fights, fight of the year, round of the year on the second day of what I think is the best year in UFC history, 2016. What an incredible fight. If, if anyone hasn't seen that fight, please do yourself a favor and watch it. But um, if you were to recall a moment, a time, a night, a fight where you feel like it all was at its apex, you were at your happiest, what comes to mind? Man, that's, that's really tough. I, you know, I've, I've loved, I've loved every fucking second of it. Like the, the ups, the downs, all of it. Um, man, I don't, uh, if I had to pick a specific, a specific one, um, dude, you know, these, these last, the last two fights that I won when we were out in, um, uh, in Abu Dhabi and, you know, really just kind of living in this surreal atmosphere. And I had my, my coaches are all my really good friends. And we just had, you know, got, got the opportunity to, you know, go to this, you know, crazy, you know, crazy, nice place and fight. That was a lot of fun, man. But I, you know, I have, I have 19, almost 20 years worth of, of memory. So it'd be really hard to pinpoint it. Favorite fight? 
favorite fight. Um, shit, man. I, I, maybe the Lawler fight. Um, you know, there's the, the fight itself. I, I really, um, am proud of, you know, my, my performance. There's, there's some stuff that I kick myself in the ass for, uh, about, about my, my performance, but you know, overall, I mean, how, how could you be mad at a performance like that? Even, even though I didn't get the nod. Could I ask just cause it's such a legendary fight. Just curious. What do you kick yourself about with regards to that fight? Um, I mean, just, I, I feel like maybe in, in the, in the last round, I should initiate it a little bit more, a little bit more grappling, try to pay it, play it safe. Um, in in that last round if you look in, in the very beginning i came out i was still trying to finish i was out there and i was like i'm i've i felt like i had I, I i was up on the scorecards but i wanted to go out there and i wanted to and i wanted to finish and so i started taking it you know st- started taking it to him and then he landed some shots and and you know got his momentum like like robbie does um but i i think had I played it safe in that last round, I would have been, um, I would have been my fight. I don't, I don't know if you even pay attention to this stuff. If you care, I find it somewhat crazy that you walk away the week Nick Diaz comes back, uh, and you'll always be somewhat tied to him for your great fight at UFC 143. Isn't that weird? I mean, like that's kind of weird, right? The guys have fought in six years, and it just so happens now you walk away, he comes back. That's kind of strange, no? Yeah, I mean. It's, a little bit ironic, I guess. And against the guy who we just talked about, Robbie Lawler, uh, that, you know, I don't know. I just thought that, that was like a weird uh, stars aligning mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, you yeah. know, I, I saw John Jones write something very nice about you. I saw a lot of your fellow peers. Was there someone who reached out, wrote something that really, you know, touched you more? So, I mean, there was a ton out there, but was there someone who texted you, called you? Was there a message that you got that really touched you perhaps a little more than the others? Um, well, yeah, like, like you mentioned, John, John, you know, uh, posting what he did and writing what he did was, that means a lot. I mean, John's, uh, you know, he's the fucking greatest, greatest champion of all time. Um, for, you know, a couple of, couple of guys that I fought in the past that, um, had, had, uh, had good fights with, um, yeah. So, uh, it's, it's been overwhelming. Like it's kind of, it's been hard, hard to process, especially in the midst of everything I got going on. Yeah. Did you, mm-hmm. uh, in in retrospect, like, do you wish that it didn't come out now because of what you're dealing with? Like, do you wish you had a little more separate? No, not. It doesn't feel like too much. Well, you know, that's life. I mean, yeah. you can't really plan stuff. Um, it it even more like you you spoke about kind of Nick Diaz coming back at this time that I'm retiring. Uh, you know, my 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 friend who I got into MMA with passing at this time that I'm retiring is also kind of, is, is pretty poignant for me. Right. Did mm. he know that you had retired? Were you able to tell him before? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this has been, this is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He knew. Um, I mentioned something last week and I don't know if you guys care about it, but I, I thought of it because Rampage said this to me, um, a few weeks ago that he feels like he's being forgotten about, um, because of the way the sport is, because there's no Hall of Fame, for a bunch of reasons. And that bums me out. And I feel like that's a big problem in our sport, that the legends don't get the respect that they deserve, that you guys aren't celebrated, that you don't have 
pension, that you don't have a Hall of Fame where you can go show your kids what you did and all this stuff. Do you worry about that sort of thing, that in 10 years, people, there's, there's a fight every weekend and 10 fights, 12 fights on a card and... You know, who remembers Frank Shamrock back in the day doing his thing or Jens Pulver? Like, and that was 20 years ago. Do, do you get worried that there's just so much going on that your legacy will not be, you know, held in the same regard as what a great baseball player or basketball player and the way they're celebrated in their respective leagues? Does that, does that cross your mind at all? Does that worry you? Um, at this point, no. You know, I'm, I'm proud of what I did. You know, I... I'm, I'm proud of, I'm proud of myself for how I, you know, how I walked in this sport and, you know, what I did. So I don't, I'm not really all that concerned about it. I mean, the pension, the pension thing's a whole different thing, of course. I mean, security um, is a different, it's a different conversation. Um, but as far as my legacy, I mean, I, I, I did what I did and I feel like it speaks for itself and whether I'm, I'm remembered or not, I think, I think I'll be, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm not really all that concerned about it. I mean, I did what I did and I, I didn't, I had zero idea when I got into the sport that it was going to go where it went, that I was going to be able to do the things that I did, have the experiences that I've had, you know, meet the people that I've met along the way. I mean, this whole thing is just, it's all like, it's, it's been a, it's been a dream. Like literally this was my dream as a kid to do something with martial arts and I got to do it. So I'm, I'm, I'm not all that worried about, uh, about that, like about, yeah. Do you think at some point in our lifetime, there will be something like a pension for guys like you? Mm, I hope so. I mean, I, I think that there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of improvements to be made, but that's going to be on us. That's going to be on, on fighters to make that happen. Nobody's, nobody's going to just hand that out to us. Like it has to be, we have to do something. Um, and I mean, they're, they're not just going to hand shit out. Yep. Like we, we have to, we have to negotiate it, know our worth and know that we are the ones that make the sport. Yep. I couldn't agree more. No one's going to do that just uh, out of the kindness of their heart. Um, so like if I would have talked to you on the first week of your career, hey, hey, Carlos, young Carlos, you know, what, do you, what are your, <laughs> your goals here? Like, what do you actually want to get out of this? No chance it turns into anything like this. Like, did you even think this would be a career of some kind? Well, when I, you know, when I started, it's like 2002. Yeah. UFC is in its, in its dark ages, no TV deal. It's, it's like struggling. So I don't think anybody had any idea that it would, I mean, I, I was a huge fan. So, I mean, I was very, um, you know, I, I was, I was all in on this thing, but commercially who knew that it was going to blow up like it did. Any regrets? Mm, sure. Absolutely. I think, you know, when I, when I was young, I didn't, I didn't train like I, that like, I think I should have. Um, and maybe that contributed to the, you know, like maybe I could have gone 25 years instead of 19. Mm. Um, but I don't know, like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy. Like I'm, I'm really, I'm in, I, I'm, I'm content, I'm content in my decision. Um, it, feel, it feels really nice, you know, by basically by, by nature, the sport, you're constantly comparing yourself to other people when you're ranked against other people, 
and you step into the octagon and you fight them. Um, I, I, I found myself, I don't know about other guys, but constantly comparing myself to, 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 to other people and comparing myself, like comparing what I'm doing, my training, every rep, every set, every, every sparring session, not all the time, but a, a big portion of the time, like, you know, comparing myself to the guy who's holding the belt, comparing myself to the guy I'm going to fight. And that's exhausting. And I guess, you know, I, I grew up in this. This is I've been doing this since I was a kid, basically. And um, I did I, I didn't know any other way. So it feels really like um, it's like a, a weight off my shoulders, really not having to compare myself to other people. Um, and not that, you know, I guess I'm still competing. I, I'm doing submission underground on October 10th. I'm still going to be, you know, in this sport. Um, I'm, you know, now it's going to be, you know, probably in a less, a, a less dangerous um, uh, facet of the sport, just, just doing jujitsu. Um, so I guess there, there, and I'm still competitive and still comparing myself to other people competing against other people, but um, it's, it's much less intense. Who are you competing against in October? Um, I am going against Ian Butler, who's out of, uh, He's he's a Bellator welterweight. Yeah. yeah, great guy. Does a lot of uh, great things for charity. I know about him. Um, do so. Could you say uh, you know how it is in the fight game? People retire and then they come back a year later. Say, so, do you think you are done for sure in your mind as far as MMA fighting is concerned? Yeah, I do. I th I think that I am. But again, like you said, people people get the itch. Yeah, they run out of money. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's a big part. We don't have a pension. Like I got, now I got to figure out what the hell I'm going to do. Um, but, uh, I mean, I never say never. I, I don't, I don't plan on it. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, what do you plan on doing now that you're not fighting anymore? <laughs> Good question. Um, I, well, I'm, I'm working on, I'm working on a couple of projects. I got, I got a real estate project that I'm working on. Um, there's a lot of opportunity here in Albuquerque. Actually, there's, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff going on with, uh, uh, movies, Netflix just moved in here. Um, so there's some, some cool stuff going on kind of, uh, side businesses, you know, with, you know, working, working alongside the, uh, yeah, that industry basically. Okay, um, I saw th there was a clip that was resurfaced last week. I don't know if you heard him say it when he retired, but GSP said at his retirement press conference that his proudest moment was surviving your head kick. That he was completely rocked and he was able to figure it out and and you know go on to win that fight. And I think for anyone mm -hmm. that maybe is a new fan that doesn't understand who you are or what your legacy is. I mean, like that says it all to me, GSP is the greatest ever. And for him to, to, to recall that moment as his greatest moment, his proudest moment, because it came from you and he was probably worried in the moment or rocked or it's just an, an incredible testament to who you are. And I think the respect, like no one says a bad thing about you, right? No one talks smack about you. No one diminishes your accomplishments. No one disrespects you. And so I, I know you know this, but to me, like that's like the perfect, um, summation of your career like the no-nonsense guy the fighter's fighter who everyone respected and who the greatest of all time in his retirement ceremony slash press conference recalls his proudest moment surviving your head kick 
pretty amazing. I mm-hmm. think uh, I know you didn't win that fight. I'm, I'm sure you you obviously wanted to, but I feel like that's like mm-hmm. that's Carlos Condit in a nutshell to me, at least. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, just having had the opportunity to uh, to to compete against these great fighters, train train alongside these great you know these great champions. Um, you know, I I always have been since day one. I've been passionate about this thing. Um, I still am. Um, and I think, you know, I, I, as I was thinking, as all this, like the messages, tons of messages and all this stuff coming through about, you know, my retirement, congratulating me, you know, all this stuff, you know, I, 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 I've been sitting with that a little bit and I think maybe what resonated with people was that, you know, I, I approached this with passion. Um, I, I stepped out there and I, I love to fight. I love, I love what I do. And I hoped every single time to go out there and, um, put that on display. It's just that I am, you know, that I love every second of this. Uh, two last quick things. Was there a guy that you didn't get to fight who you wish you, you had the opportunity to do so against? Um, Chris Lytle. I was supposed to fight Chris Lytle a number of times. I'd like to have, have uh, got that one. I think we, we both got injured several times. That's an old school name and would have been a great mm-hmm. fight. And uh, I know you said, like, you know, you're, you're, you're not that guy necessarily. Is there anything you want to say to all the people, the fans who have reached out or wrote about you um, over the last few days? You know, th- thank you so much. Like it, it means the world to me. You know, I, I can't get back to, to everybody who wrote me stuff. Um, that would take, I don't know how long it'd yeah. take a long time. Cause I got a lot of messages and I just, I, I appreciate it. And, um, you know, I hope that, you know, I, I hope that, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope me, me being involved in, in this sport inspired people and which I, I think that it did from, from what I've seen. So, um, yeah, just, just thank you, man. And thank, thank you, Ariel. I appreciate it, man. I've always, like I said, I always had a lot of respect for you. Thank you. One of my mom's favorite fighters. So when you're a favorite of my mom, I have to have a lot of love and respect for you. By the way, Natural Born Killer, who gave you that nickname? Uh, my trainers from when I was like a long, long time ago when I was a kid, my original trainers. Wow. Okay. Well, what a career, man. Um, congratulations. I hope you're proud. You know, your, your head held high. Uh, what an unbelievable run. Nothing to be ashamed of. You did it all. You fought them all. You beat the vast majority of them. And again, massive honor to have you on the show, but also to cover your career over the uh, the last 10 plus years. So enjoy retirement, Carlos. I look forward to seeing what you do next, my friend. Awesome. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate uh, it, man. There he is, the one and only. There'll never be another Carlos Condit, the natural born killer. Please do me this favor once this show is done. And even if you want to pause this show, if you are a new fan and don't know what this man uh, is all about, what he represented, what he did for the sport, the, the, the fights that he gave us, the entertainment that he gave us, what he sacrificed, his body. When you've got that massive historic PFL versus Bellator card, it is a big one. It's a pay-per-view. It's PFL champs versus Bellator champs and PFL stars versus Bellator stars. Historical night. First time in MMA history that a place like this is hosting Saudi Arabia, a big MMA card. It's, in fact, the first major MMA event to take place in Saudi Arabia and the first cross-promotional event between both PFL and Bellator with former champions and current champions colliding in one epic night. 
The headliner, like I said earlier, is Henan La Problema Fejera going up against Ryan Bader. They go toe-to-toe in a fight that I think will determine who Francis Ngannou will fight in his PFL debut. That's the plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they announce that. That seems to be the direction. So stay tuned. Also, as we said earlier, Johnny Evelyn against Impa Kasangane. They did save Patricio Pitbull. He's going to remain on the card. Aaron Pico as well. Clarissa Shields on the card. Yoel Romero. Um, Tiago Santos. Whole bunch of big names. It's all going down this Saturday, February 24th, live on ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View and Zone. That's ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View or Zone. I mean, you look up Carlos Condit on Getty, every third picture is him, you know, rocking the crimson mask. Shout out to Jim Ross. These are the people that uh, made me fall in love with MMA. These are the people that made me want to become an MMA journalist. And, you know, as I alluded to last week, and I'm not trying to make this about myself. Please don't think that I'm trying to make this about myself. I feel like I have survivor's guilt at this point because these are the people that I came into the sport with. When I started my career, these were the guys who were just starting out, doing their thing, becoming stars, all that stuff, and gave me the time of day. And now here I am. I get to stick around to a degree and talk about it, and they get to do their own thing. Of course, they're going to be fine. But if I hopefully get to cover this sport for another 40, 50 years... Until I'm old and gray, no one wants to listen to me anymore. The guys who are fighting 2010 to 2020, somewhere in that range, the 2010, 2011, 2012, like those are the ones that I will hold no matter what, no matter who comes in the next five, six, seven, eight, nine years. Those are the ones that I will never forget, that I will hold in the greatest esteem, that I will always root for in their next chapter. Um, and so he's one of those guys, he's one of those faces. Uh, who I just really, really respect and admire and uh, appreciate for all the great years, all the great fights. So, uh, again, really want to thank him for uh, the time and for an amazing, amazing run. Um, Really, really special. And I hope if you are unfamiliar with his body of work, like my good friend TST, go watch some of those fights. Because, I mean, start with 195. Just start with that fight. 2016 was the best year in UFC history, in my opinion. Five cards over a million buys. And on the second day of the year, in the first main event of the year, in the final round of said main event, those two guys, Robbie Lawler and Carlos Condit, gave us the, uh, the fight of the year, fight of the night, but also the round of the year, round five. Tremendous stuff. All right. Uh, Thank you very much to Carlos. All the best to him. Uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing from him soon. Uh, For now, though, let us move along to our next guest. Obviously, uh, Triller has been in the news over the past year, starting with their uh, first foray into the fight game last uh, November with that card headlined by Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. Also, Nate Robinson and Jake Paul followed that up with the card in April headlined by Jake Paul and Ben Askren. And a little over a week ago, had that card in South Florida, headlined by Vitor Belfort and Evander Holyfield. Talked a lot about it. I've never had the opportunity to speak to Ryan Kavanaugh, who's the head man behind Triller and uh, you know was in the ring after that fight. Uh, and so I thought this would be a great opportunity to talk about what happened uh, last Saturday, two Saturdays ago in South Florida, and where does Triller go from here? And so without further ado... Uh, let us go to the uh, Zoom machine and say hello to Ryan Kavanaugh, who is 
kind enough to join us with a cool background, a, a faded background, or what is that, a blurry hey, background? Hey. How are you, Ryan? Hey. I'm great, Ariel. How are you? Thanks you? for having me on the show. It's an honor and a pleasure to be on. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so a lot to talk to you about. L let me ask you this, Ryan. Um, how do you feel about the last card, about what transpired in South Florida? Happy with it? The card itself, not, not the business it did, just like the actual product, the event. How do you feel about it a week or so removed? You know, I have very mixed emotions. It's actually, it's a good question because it's a question I ask myself actually. Um, and it, you know, it's very easy, you know, I guess the best thing is, is to play Monday morning quarterback for me too, you know, look back and say, what could I have done differently? Um, but I, I think I won't know how I feel about the card until I see what happens over our next few cards. And, and what I mean by that, and I started answer this. So takes a long answer is that, you know, most people don't know. So we we had a contract with Holyfield to fight a number of fights, which we still do. And his first fight was going to be with Kevin McBride, who was the last person to knock out Tyson. And McBride is only two years older than Vitor. Um, and uh, we saw McBride um, and saw some footage and some training and got very concerned. And we actually went to the commission and said, we're concerned about this fight. And we actually, I think we were told we were the only uh, promoters to ever in the history of promotion try and talk the commission out of a fight. And the Holyfield camp, and we're not, we love them, we love working with them, but they were adamant that this fight had to go on so much so that they brought it to an arbitration to say, you have to let this go. And it was a real, under all pro rules fight. This was not an exhibition dance fight. And we said we were very concerned about McBride, not Holyfield. Holyfield, having seen what we saw, was in such incredible shape. Works out. He never stops working out. He's a specimen of a human being. And um, it was a, quite a, a, a battle. Um, and uh, it came down to us, um, honestly, when, when, when like, it, it was going to be a fight of us saying we don't want someone to get hurt. So when we turned around to put this card on, the way we looked at it was, you know, Vitor, yes, he, he was younger. Um, as we all know, he's, he's, he was a... I think two years younger than McBride. So almost the same age, but not a pro boxer. He's boxed once, right? He, he was MMA and we all know that MMA has a um, disadvantage, let's just say when it comes to pro boxing. So we actually thought it was going to be a very fair um, kind of card. There was an age disadvantage, but there was an MMA disadvantage. Um, the reason that I say, and sorry, I'm going to stop not talking one second that I don't know yet is if you talk to Holyfield, what, the world perceived happened didn't happen. If you talk to Holyfield, um, Vitor apparently stepped on his foot, which I haven't seen the footage yet, which made him trip. And that's why it looked like he fell. He swung really hard, which we all know he did. And that was the knockout swing. Had he connected with Vitor, Vitor would probably still be uh, in the hospital today and missed, which put him into the ropes because he swung so hard. And Vitor came back aggressively, but Holyfield is notoriously a slow starter. Meaning, as he says, his strategy is, let me get hit, let me feel how he punches, and then I'll come out with my returns. And if you look closely at that footage, he was blocking. He said he got hit once. If you ask Holyfield, he got one hit, and the rest of it he was blocking. And so the stoppage, in his opinion, was the problem because he's like, I would have come back, and you know, I, I knew what I was doing. Now, I can't. Um, first of all, I know probably less about fighting than, than most people. So I can't opine on that 100%. But the reason I say time will tell is that, you know, we're going to 
hopefully I think Holyfield will end up, you know, fighting someone again that's his, you know, I guess not hopefully people see as better suited, you know, whether it's Tyson or someone like that. Um, and Vitor is going to fight again and we're going to see what's going to happen. And I think, you know, no matter what was going to happen here, we would have gotten shit. I mean, when we did the Jake Paul fight, the very first Jake Paul fight, um, before the fight, I don't remember, you probably know this better than I do. There was press writing how irresponsible we were, we were because Jake Paul wasn't a pro athlete and Nate Robinson was, and it was endangering Jake Paul. On Tuesday after the fight, press came out saying how irresponsible we were because Jake Paul was a pro boxer and Nate Robinson was not. And, you know, we were endangering Nate Robinson. So, look, we were not happy with an around one, what I'll call, you know, not they're calling it a knockout, stoppage, knockout, whatever you want. Certainly not what we wanted to see. Certainly not what the audience wanted to see. But I'm not sure yet if that's the end of the story has been written. My concern with that, and I and I, and I appreciate the uh, the thoughtful responses. Should a 58 year old who talks like Evander Holyfield talks, who moves like he moves, who's been through the wars like he has, should he be fighting anyone, even if it's a fellow 58 year old? It feels uncomfortable, at least to me, to watch him fight anyone. Do you not have any concerns about that? Yeah, I do, and I'm mixed right now. Um, you know, I think coming off of Tyson. It felt, you know, we saw this amazing spectacle of a fight. Everybody looked great. It felt great. You know, it, it was um, what we wanted to see. And I think um, we kind of expected something similar here. Uh, you know, I didn't, I'll tell you, having seen Holyfield and him being an idol of mine for so long and watching him train, he looked like, I mean, he's in better shape than I'm in. It was insane much, but he's in better shape than most people are in. And so... He's always been—he's always been a quiet guy. It's not like all of a sudden he's more quiet or talking slower. Um, and he's strong and fast. We have a lot of training footage of him where he is hitting very hard. He's hitting very fast, and he's sparring against twenty-two-year-olds. I'm saying sparring. I'm saying knocking out twenty-two-year-olds. You know, in twelve-round matches, time and time again. So I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm just as mixed as you are right now because. I went in thinking this was going to be, you know, the odds run on, on Holyfield, the betting odds. That's crazy. You know? Yeah. And, and when you look at him, I was for sure. I thought Vitor was getting knocked out for sure. You thought he was going to not. Wow. Uh, is it, is there any truth to the idea that uh, Evander thought that this was going to be like a, a, like a friendly sparring thing and, and Vitor flipped the script on him? Well, um, so, so what we, we did because this was a, pretty thought out process between all of us. So the original deal with Evander um, was that it was all pro fight rules apply um, uh, him and, and, and McBride, two minute rounds, you know, eight rounds. Um, and there was, everything else was judged pro. Um, when we did, when we moved it to, and that was the same thing that was gonna happen with Oscar and, and uh, um, uh, uh, Vitor as well. When we moved it, um, we kind of said, look, we're happy to call it. We say we didn't want to use the word exhibition because exhibition has gotten so many different words. Like, it, you know, exhibition could mean non-scoring. It could be scoring. So we're like, look, we want to make sure it's scored like a pro fight. We want to make sure it's treated as a pro fight. And you guys are fighting as a pro fight. In fact, so much so that we negotiated in the agreement that the fighters would use their best efforts. That, that's the exact words we used. Um, and the day uh, we agreed that we would tell the commission, we wanted to get it approved by the commission as a pro bout, specifically to make sure they were healthy enough. 
to fight like a pro bout and that it would be signed off by their, you know, doctors and their, their, the various pieces. So what we did agree is that the week of, we said it won't go on box rec. So we didn't use the word exhibition. It's not, it wasn't called, we specifically said it's not an exhibition. It's under all pro fight rules. The boxers will use their best efforts, you know, except for the rules we adjusted, which are two minute, eight minute rounds and bigger gloves. But the boxers will use their best efforts. There will be scoring. There will be judging. There will be knockouts. Um, it just won't go on box rec. So even when I read people saying, oh, it was an exhibition, I mean, exhibition has so many different work terms to it, right, and what it can mean. But it had every piece of a pro fight, with the exception is that it didn't go in box rec. There have been some reports about the business it did, the buys. Are those accurate? Dan Rayfield reported, I think, 150K. Are you able to confirm or deny? Um, well, first of all, what I can tell you is if Dan, if, if he's right, he's a soothsayer because as I think most people in this business know, you don't get your, your pay-per-view for a while. It's antiquated. So we don't even know, um, within call it a stone's throw of, of what our pay-per-view was. We know what our digital was. Um, and I can tell you all, we, we don't report it, but I can tell you that we did the same on digital that Jake Paul's last fight did on digital. Um, meaning the one that you just, uh, I think you were, um, the Woodley one, you were at the Woodley one. Um, so we don't know what our pay-per-view is yet. Um, and no one in my camp nor anybody we're working with does. So I don't know where he came up with these magic numbers, but, um, he may be referring to some digital numbers, but, um, we don't say what those are. I can just tell you that we are almost identical to the Woodley numbers on digital. So if he was maybe mistaking those for, the, like, are you saying it's maybe in the ballpark of 150 for digital, but not for the entire number with pay-per-view? Um, it's not, how about this? It's not close enough to 150 that it would be an honest mistake, but it, it could be around what, what somehow information he's getting, um, if you know what I mean. Okay. So it's not like it was 146,000 or 152,000 that it was close enough to say, oh, that's what it was. But um we certainly did more than 150 overall. We just have no idea. Um, I've got people saying that our numbers are going to be through the roof, and I got people saying that our numbers are going to be so-so. Um, and so I, I just don't know yet. One thing that I've always said about Triller is I root for competition. I root for as many promotions as possible. I think a lot of fans um, don't like that because they want to see all the fighters under one umbrella. It doesn't matter if it's boxing, if it's MMA, so that they can see their favorite guys fight each other. As someone who roots for the fighters to make as much money as possible, uh, I like competition because if there's competition, there's there's leverage, there's options. You know how it is. Um, what I've always been concerned since the first event last November, and I've said it publicly, I'm not breaking this news, is I'm worried about the spending. Uh, Justin Bieber, I know, costs a lot of money. I know all the, you know, having the Trumps there costs a lot of money. I'm sure having Holyfield there costs money. Tyson costs money. At some like I want you guys to stick around. I'm worried that it will be, as I've said, like affliction who spent all this money and then kind of ran out and then had to sell to to the UFC. Why spend so much money on things that maybe don't help your fights themselves or to build fighters or to get the biggest names? The acts are great and all. I don't have to I don't have to pay for that. You have to pay for that. And there's a reason why Justin Bieber isn't showing up to, you know, other sporting events. It's probably because he costs a lot of money or the Trumps. Why spend so much money on that stuff um, when you could probably be spending it on talent, actual fighters? 
It's a really good question. So our model, so first of all, every event, uh, believe it or not, whether it looks like it or not, we've been dropping our expenses. So, you know, we, the first event, we hired a lot of consultants and a lot of third parties and a lot of third party production entities. Each one, we bring more and more in house. So we've actually managed to significantly reduce our costs on every event. Um, I think the, you know, we can break it into three pieces. The, 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 the Tyson event, was a tremendous success for us, as you know, it was the sixth highest pay-per-view. And, um, you know, we don't give the exact number, but it was, you know, made us quite a bit of money and um, we were very happy with the outcome. The Jay Paul event, we did very well on. We made a profit, which is what matters. Um, we did spend, I'll, I'll agree on the second Jay Paul fight, we overspent. Um, but one of the reasons we overspent is that we were actually looking to see, can we bring a younger audience into boxing? So specifically focusing on that one, you know, by paying a Justin Bieber, by paying a, a Black Keys, by playing a Doja Cat, and I'm adding on all the things you didn't, and by paying uh, uh, Sweetie and Pete Davidson. And, you know, I mean, we went all out. And one of the reasons is that we wanted to see, because boxing, as you know, is kind of a shrinking sport in kind of the single demographic really has become this like male over 50 sport we're like can we bring enough to this sport where we can actually give something to the younger audience to the call it 17 to 30 year olds that they want to watch all of it and so we knew going into that event we we're like we're it's kind of a long-term investment we're going to spend and we're going to spend on things that i think someone referred to it it was like it, it was like um, injecting the entire internet in your vein. <laughs> uh -huh. um, and that is what we tried to do because we wanted to see, hey, can we get enough of a young audience interested to watch it this time? So that when they see it, they go, oh, that's pretty cool. And next time they hear there's a fight club event, they'll come back. And, and I'll tell you what it did show. On that event, as you probably know better than anybody, um, typically your digital to your pay-per-view, like digital is like 25% maybe, less sometimes on that event we were almost 80 percent digital which means that most of our audience was that young audience right and so although yes we way overspent on that event no question about it um we were able to draw on a young audience who did come back and buy and we're using that to build in what we call our trillerverse which as you know we do on the first tuesday of, of, of every month at madison right now and it's a small subscription model so what people i think forget is that we own Fight TV, right? Mm -hmm. And so by the more users we bring onto the platform, even if there's a cost of acquisition, so whereas others may overspend on an event, and that's just it, right? If we, if we overspend, but we bring another, I'm making up 100,000 paying users to our platform for future events, and we have 1,100 events a year, right? There is an ongoing annuity for us. So, um, but on this one, I think you saw, we went with smaller acts, they were still great, but we didn't go with the Justin Bieber's. We went with acts who were good and well-known, but weren't costing us a fortune. We did spend money on the Trumps. It wasn't anywhere near what people reported. What was um, it? Can you tell, what does it cost to get the Trumps to, to sit in your broadcast booth for four hours? What does that cost? Um, well, it, if I didn't have a confidentiality agreement and I wasn't worried about, okay. if it was anybody else but them, <laughs> I probably would break it. But somehow that's just one I don't want to mess with. Okay. Um, but you know, what people don't realize is, you know, he started obviously in boxing. I mean, the guy was a boxing both promoter and officiando and, you know, like him or hate him. And, and we have nothing, it's nothing to do with our politics. 
That's why we gave two feeds. We're like, hey, you could have 50 Cent or you could have Trump. Like, he knows a lot about it, and he is the ex-president, and he did have 73 million people vote for him. Now, I don't have to say where we agree with them or not, but that means there's 73 million people that, that probably like his opinion, and he's smart about this particular field. So I can tell you this. It wasn't enough money that's going to change their life in any way. Mm. Um, so it did have a lot to do with their, their, I think, their love for, you know, this particular fight. And he's known Evander for a long time. Uh, Junior, is he involved in tr- in Triller at all behind the scenes? Is he no. invested? He has no financial stake in Triller. Nothing. The Trumps have no. People have this weird conception that somehow the Trumps are tied to us. We have zero tie to the Trumps whatsoever. There was a. It was a, just the anecdotal story was one morning we woke up right after we just started this and someone was like, Trump did a triller. <laughs> we're like, what? This is before anybody even knew who we were. And he did a challenge called a MAGA challenge, which was, hey, people come on and do your best rap on triller and the winner will come to the White House. And um, actually, we had like half our engineering team threaten to quit if we didn't take it down. And it wasn't even... Um, he was the president at the time, and it wasn't even like he didn't say anything political. He just said, do this. And we ended up having to take it down because we, we didn't want to lose employees. And then there was one other instance where um, they were, uh, when he was talking about banning TikTok, clearly we were kind of the natural competitor. So he was very vocal about, I think Junior was a little bit senior, about, hey, look, there's an American alternative trailer. They didn't have ownership. They didn't, they weren't investors. We weren't sitting there, you know, giving them money to do it. They just, I think, saw and went, look, there's this viable option that is similar. So it's not like we're trying to take something away. And I think that's why we became somewhat associated with them. But but we don't talk to them. We don't okay. you know, pay them. Uh, after the fight, there was this big uh, challenge to Jake um, from you and the team and Vitor, $30 million Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, one-year anniversary of your first card. What is the status of that offer? Um, I'm not sure if we got a response from Jake yet. We were waiting for kind of a formal response, but I think well, he was on also... the show. He was on my show last week, and he said, "Put it, um, you know, put it, put put the money into you know uh, uh, an account, and and we'll see that you have the thirty million, and then we'll we'll talk about it." I think that was his answer. Well, we would easily do that, but he knows because we've paid him lots of money. He knows that we have the money. So, uh, you know, I would, yes, listen, we'll, we'll gladly try that. I don't know if I believe it. And I don't want to get into, I, I think very highly of Jake. So I don't want to get into a pissing contest back and forth of, you know, you know, but, but, but he's made more than that from us in general. So, uh, you know, he knows that we have it. Um, what I do think, however, and this is something we didn't really think about, is that the Oscar de la Hoya Vitor fight on Thanksgiving, if we can make this happen, has just become much more interesting. Hmm. Because for all those people who seem to be upset at Vitor um, for what just happened with Holyfield, you've just made this a much more personal fight, if you will. Um, and Oscar becomes somewhat of not just you know his own golden boy, but coming in for revenge for Holyfield. And so we are in talks with Oscar about having him fight Vitor um, on Thanksgiving weekend, Saturday, and making it, calling it the revenge. Okay. So kind of moving on from the Jake thing, would that be fair? We're not moving on because, look, we've got Vitor wants to fight a lot. So we would do both. um, And I would 
Oh, I'm going to look into, I'm sorry, I missed the show last week. I was, we, as you probably, I don't know if you know, but we had another show on Tuesday, the Trevor yes, show. Uh, the ja, so, ja Rule and, um, and Facho, right? Yeah, but we also had a boxing. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. And which was a great card, by the way. Like, like I, I loved it. It was just, um, it was, it was true boxing. It was pure form. Even, even the haters, where they writing these articles? Oh, this fight was terrible. This and well, but on Tuesday night, I went to this trailer fight and great fights. And then back to oh, Holyfield, God, they suck. Um, anyway, it was really funny. I was laughing. I'm like, so they like put this paragraph in there of like how great our Tuesday fights were. But um, no, they wouldn't be mutually exclusive. I just think that there's a very big opportunity right now to capitalize on, I'll call it those non-boxing, the boxing world who isn't necessarily a purist. But the boxing world who is looking at it saying, hey, this was just Vitor being unfair to Holyfield, which I don't agree with when I watch the fight. I think a lot of what Holyfield is saying is true. Like, I think he got his foot stepped on. I think he's, by the way, he's swaying to knock that guy into space. That's why he swung himself into the ropes. And, you know, I think it did get unfairly stopped. Not commenting on whether he should be fighting or not 58. But, um, but I think that there's opportunities for both. And I think uh, Vitor is one of those who says he's willing to fight like every month. So um, not that I condone that either, um, but we will probably do both. I think we'll probably try and do the Oscar fight first um, because Oscar was in such good fighting shape. And now that he's recovering from COVID, you know, we don't want him to lose that fighting shape. Mm -hmm. And I think Jake needs to get back into fighting shape from what I understand. I could be wrong. Oh, now you're throwing um, shade at Jake. What are you talking about? He just fought like two weeks ago. No, what he, but not shade like that. What I mean is he said after the fight, I want to take a break. Oh, right. But he's a Showtime guy. How could that fight even happen? I thought he only had one more fight at Showtime. Oh, so you're saying you want him to fight that one and then, and then yeah, reconnect. That's what I'm are saying. you guys on good terms? Time. Business terms? Personal terms? Like, are you guys cool? Yeah, I mean, we were never like tight friends or right. not tight friends. There's nothing, no bad blood or, you know. So you'd like, be willing we, to do business with him again if the opportunity was... Oh, absolutely. Okay. 100%. I think Jake's one of the hardest working people I've ever seen in the business. And uh, he proves the, the impossible. You know, like he proves you don't have to be born at six years old fighting in the ring right. to become a boxer. Um, so... Uh, yeah, no, the way I, that's what I mean by he needs time. So he says, put money in the bank, in the bank. He'd have to go do a showtime fight first because he has one more left, as I understand it. And us, and he mentioned, at least from what I heard, that he wanted to take a break for a little while. So what we'd probably do is do Vitor Oscar in November, assuming Oscar's okay with it. I know Vitor is. And then um, have Jake hopefully do his second Woodley fight, I think it is, on showtime. And then, um, and then have ours go. Uh, you have you have uh, you know poked the Dana White bear uh, a few times over the last few months um, with John Jones with GSP tried to make that fight. Are you going to keep that up or are you are you moving on? Are you going to keep you know? Uh, I think that he gets fired up when when people try to challenge his business. You know that you don't need me to tell you that. Um, how do you feel about that relationship right now? Are you going to keep trying to poke him or are you moving on? You know, so it's weird because I don't know him. I've actually never met him. Um, I've called him, as he said, pointed out during a press conference one, this fucking guy won't stop calling me. <laughs> and, you know, and I probably did call him, I don't know, 10 times, texted him, just saying, hey, I think there's some great things we can do to help each other. And I do, because we're not competitive. I'm not trying to take his business. And I think one of the things that I saw we could do was help the fighters get paid more 
on the times they're not fighting for him. Mm-hmm. And it would solve a problem where a lot of people obviously look at the fighters' pay and the discrepancy in pay. And we all know the issue. It's not a secret, right? And so my whole thing was, why not let us, when they're kind of on off time, have them box, not compete in MMA, get paid big dollars or bigger dollars, right? Make, so they make good money. Also, we help a lot in terms of increasing their social presence. And they come right back to the UFC happy with some extra money, more followers, which hopefully means more, more followers for his fights. For some reason, he just doesn't want anything to do with that. And he loves to shit on us, which is fine. I don't see it as poking the bear as much as just, I'm going to continue to point out, like you're not paying your fighters fairly. And I've offered a solution. It's not like I'm just throwing mud. I mean, everybody loves to throw mud and you know that like if in there, anybody that comes in, like they're going to throw mud at us no matter what we do. Like that's just the way it's going to be. And that's fine. I'm used to it. We have thick skin. We're here for the long run. We ain't going anywhere, no matter what anybody wants to say. We're very well capitalized. Um, people will see that soon when we, uh, you know, approach our our uh, public offering. But the 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 truth is that we're offering a solution. I'm not just saying, "Hey, screw you. You're not paying your fighters." I'm saying, Dana, like, I okay, your model works for you. I can help make that model better because people are complaining about your pay. So why not let me help you? And it doesn't hurt you. Fair enough. Um, I don't, I don't think he's going to take your offer, but I, I, I understand where you are coming from. Uh, three, uh, very quick ones. If I could for you, are you going public soon? Um, so I'm not legally allowed to answer yes or no, but I can tell you that our plans are, um, to be a, a, uh, to have a, a, what's the words I have to use to have some type of, um, offering, yeah. That will be in the public markets in the near term. An IPO, I think it's called. I'm not good at this stuff. Near term, 2021? Uh, uh, our goal is by the end of 2021, and I'm not allowed to use the word IPO either. Okay. So I'm I, sorry. I, I did not say that. See, I know nothing about this stuff, so I apologize. I don't want to get you in trouble. Um, uh, the the other one, okay, so uh, you have Teofimo Lopez fighting October 2nd. Is that happening? Is this finally going to happen, the Lopez fight? Yeah, we we uh, and I'll give you some breaking news. We're 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 trying um, to put it onto the 16th instead of the second for one reason. We just realized the Raiders game is that Monday night against the second. Okay, which I don't think we want to go against. And then we started looking at what else is that week, and you've got the playoffs the next night, and you've got um, a big fight. I forgot what the fight was that weekend. But what we really want to do is do it at Barclays on the 16th with um, a full versus connected to it. Okay. So um, we're, it's not official. We're still as of now on the second, but there is a big discussion going on with his management. And um, we, the IBF already said, okay, as long as the, the fighters approve it, obviously. Putting a versus on there, as you know, I think you saw, I don't know if you saw, but our last versus broke records again. We were the second most watched show of the entire year of any show. Um, only first to our last versus before that, um, which is, uh, it was over almost 6 million concurrent viewers. So to be able to bring that audience to the Tia Fimo fight and pair them together, which is what we're trying to do, because there's a crossover of that, especially since he's from Brooklyn, if we can put it, you know, at, at Barclays, I think it's, it's a great day. Um, you know, there is a UFC I know, um, and there is a, a, another, you know, kind of, uh, I think uh, maybe a PBC match, but I think it's from all the dates we're seeing, it's kind of the only one that makes a lot of sense without pushing it out too far. Will Anderson fight for you again? Anderson Silva, will he be on an upcoming card? Yeah, we have a, um, I think we have a, some options with them and we, we, we 
he fought well and we'd love to have him fight again. But no, so I was a little disappointed or anything like that. No, we're going to, you know, it's been a, obviously we just finished Tuesday's yeah. fight. So we're kind of just doing our post recap, but we will be, uh, working on that for this year as well. Um, and, um, you know, I think, uh, I know that Anderson and, um, Vitor want to fight, but I, Vitor, you know, got to, <laughs> there's only so many times Vitor, for Vitor. Um, Vitor actually said he, he, you know what he said to me when he wanted to fight, he said, I'll take Jake and Logan same day back to back. Yeah. And, and I said, I don't think they're going to yeah. do that Vitor. <laughs> uh, I thought the Peter Kahn hiring was a very interesting one. Uh, this is very inside boxing, but why did he leave the company, you know, relatively quickly after joining? Um, so Peter's a wonderful human being will be a friend of mine forever. His, his, I don't want to give any personal stuff away, but he's dealing with some family matters that he needs to tend to. And he knows he's always welcome back and we love him and we support him. And, um, you know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not back with us in the near future, but for right now, he just needs to focus on his family. Fair enough. Um, I appreciate the time, Ryan. I, I can pepper you with the, I love the business of, of fighting uh, but unfortunately, we have run out of time. So thank you very much uh, for the time, for coming on, for answering the questions. Good luck in October. Um, thanks for the little nugget on uh, on Teofimo Lopez. We'll see if that comes to fruition. And uh, I wish you guys the best. I, I I hope that you guys realize that, you know, at least on my end, when I'm critical, it's not because I'm rooting for you guys to fail or rooting for your demise. Uh, just want the best for the fighters, the business, and and everyone involved. So we, we will never, you'll never hear me complain when someone critiques and gives their opinion. And frankly, we take it all to heart. So like we're learning just as much as, you know, we're building. And so when I read something, if it's by, you know, someone like yourself who's been in this business forever, I, I do take it to heart. We read it, we digest it. We say, is there something we should have done different? Is this something we should take in? A lot of times we do. So I will never, we'll never be upset with, um, critique or criticism, especially if it's, you know, to make our business better. Thank you, Ryan. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much. All right. There he is. Ryan Kavanaugh of Triller. Appreciate him answering a, a ton of questions. Like I said, uh, a lot more to ask him about, but um, we did run out of time. We went a little longer. So uh, I do want to get to our next guest, but uh, look out for that. They have moved that Teofimo Lopez date a lot. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, um, so I'm curious to see what happens with that. I think the Jake Paul stuff is, uh, is very interesting. Uh, we don't know what that, uh, car did on Showtime yet. Uh, by all indications, it did very well. Uh, I always think that that part of the business is super interesting, the pay-per-view buys and, and, uh, and all that, but, uh, it's hard to get that. I do think maybe at some point we might get that because Showtime is, uh, owned by Viacom public company. But in any event, I root for everyone to succeed. I root for everyone to, um, have longevity. Um, obviously we've been in this sport, covering the sport for a long time, not just MMA, but it's the same in boxing. You overspend, you're not going to stick around. Uh, for a very long time. So I know that uh, Triller is a very polarizing entity, and uh, I'm very curious to see what they do over the next uh, few months. 
year, and very interesting to hear uh, him say that uh, they are now looking towards the um, Vitor Belfort, Oscar De La Hoya fight to run that one back, if you will. Um, all right, let's move along to our next guest. Uh, I did a show last Friday where I got very, very heated about this man and the state of his career. And I feel like over the last uh, somewhat, you know, I don't know, two or so years ago, I feel like I've been his advocate fighting the good fight on behalf of Leon Rocky Edwards because he doesn't get the respect that he deserves, because he doesn't get the love that he deserves, that he doesn't get the attention that he deserves, that he doesn't get the opportunities that he deserves. And so I've been trying to get him on the show for the last few weeks, and there he is, the man, Rocky. How are you, Leon? Leon, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the front lines taking bullets for you, my friend, fighting the good fight on your behalf, Errol, and I'm sick yeah. and tired of it, Leon. Errol, you know what's right? You know what's right, Errol, man. Come on. You know you know what's right. I've, earned, I've, I've done everything that asked of me. I've earned, I've earned the position that I'm in, you know, and they try to try and hold me back, but I, I don't believe me that power shot is coming, and I feel I deserve it, you know? Leon, why aren't you fighting for the belt on November 6th? Why aren't you in the next UFC welterweight title fight? Unbeaten in your last 10 fights, Leon. Your last your last loss, 2015, to the current champion, Kamar Usman, who at the time wasn't the champion. 10 in a row you have not lost. Why aren't you fighting for the belt next? I, I could not I could not answer that error, to be fair. Um, like you said, it's been, what, six years since my, my, my last loss, you know? Um, Kobe... Went, got beat by the champion. Um, went for Woodley. Um, the fight ended by a, a injury. Sat out for over a year, then got a title shot. Well, when I go and get ten fights in a row, uh, now nah, he, he needs at least one more. He needs one more every time. Is is one more, you know? And I think they're trying to get me beat, but I, I cannot lose there, and I will not lose. You know, I truly believe that I will be the next um, world champion. And they're trying to hold me back from it, but it's coming. I truly believe it. When, when you walked out of the cage in Glendale after the Diaz fight, did you think, all right, I, I got it. Like, I'm Usman's next opponent. This is a done deal. I will fight for the belt next. Did you think that you had done enough at that point? I did. I did. Like I said, um, they keep saying one more, you know, and that's okay. This is the reason why I'm taking Diaz fight. Could they say one more? It's okay. I'll, I'll do Diaz. Did, did, did the Diaz fight. Then another one, okay, let's, let's, let's do something else. You know, like, how much more do I need to do and prove to the company? I'm the one that's stepping up and fighting all these guys. You know, when, Ham, when Hamza um, first come on the scene, all the guys turned him down. I'm the one that stepped up. I called up Masterlock for years, Burns for years. I've called them all out, you know. So I don't understand where where all this is coming from, saying I'm scared of scared of guys. And But like I said, I, I truly believe that I, I deserve the next time shot. I've worked um, hard over the last six years to prove that I, I belong um, where I'm at, you know. And then just curious, when you found out that it wasn't going to you next, that it was going to be Usman Colby 2, what was your reaction? How did you feel? Um, obviously, I, I was pissed off, you know. I was like, well, like what the fuck? Again, you know, you're going to pass me over again. <laughs> you know, but um, when I said the date, it was early November. Um, I thought, okay, what's the next best option? I thought Master was the option, to be honest with you, you know, and... But he, they, they were saying, okay, next year. I, I'm not waiting till next year. I'm going to wait till next year. I might as well fight for the world title. Why would I wait for a man that I've called out for three years, mm. turned me down for three years, now to now he's coming off two, two back-to-back losses, getting knocked out his last fight, to now um, say, yeah, I'll fight him next year. When I can might as well wait for the title shot. So uh, can I uh, see if I get this situation right? The title fight is happening on November 6th, Madison Square Garden, Usman Covington 2. If they offer you... Yeah. 
Masvidal, Leon Edwards, Jorge Masvidal on that card or around that card, are you taking it? Is the issue not the opponent, the fight, whatever? It's that, what? correct me if I'm wrong, what they're saying is early 2022 and you don't want to wait all the way till then. So you'll take it if it's in November or so. You don't want to wait till 2022 to fight him. Is that accurate? Exactly, exactly. Errol, I've called him out for, for, yeah. for a long time. He won't, I know he won't take it. He talks all, all this shit on social media and play, play this tough guy on social media, but we, we all know he's not going to take it. You know, he's coming off two back-to-back losses. He's trying to get another win in to try and get his name back back, back, back where he was, but I, I truly believe that he won't take it. It's been three years now. He's, he's chose to fight Ben Askin over me. You know what I mean? So it, it, that, that, that proves it enough that he's not willing to fight me in. I'll look forward to my title shot. I'll see what happen in November and go from there. So what, why don't they give you that fight in November? How, like, did To the best of your knowledge, did they ask him for that time frame? And... No, the fight, the fight, to be honest, the fight was never mentioned. The reason why I put that tweet out the other day was I think some, I woke up in the morning, I saw like all of social media that um, George and Leon is getting um, getting talked about for early 2022. Yeah. I think you, you were the source, right? That might have been my, right? been my like, fault, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck, Errol? This is what I heard. I'm just reporting what I heard. <laughs> yeah, so, so I woke up in the morning, I was like, what? This is the first time hearing this. Um, so the, the fight was never offered to me, so I never turned down a fight with, with George. You know, I never it was said never you did, offered. by the way. I never said you turned it down, just for the record. No, but the fans and like oh. all our fighters, Gilbert, uh-huh. fucking Lord Tristan, those talking shit, oh, he's scared to fight Mastodon and blah, blah, blah. But the fight was never actually offered to me. Was, like I said, the media was blowing it up, saying it was been mentioned, but that, that was it. Um, UFC haven't spoken to me since, and um, like I said, the last three years, I've campaigned to get a fight. You know, the UFC actually went to George with the fight and he turned it down um, for the last three years, you know, and so let's see, let's see how it plays out, you know. Okay, and so now let us talk about Mr. Gilbert Burns. Um, and, you know, I have said that, uh, you know, I think that the fighters need to come together. I think you guys need to have a collective voice, but I get that it's fighting and you're all out for your own careers. This to me is exhibit 9,651, while there will not be a collective voice anytime soon. This man got his title shot. I was the one who last summer said, you guys should fight for the number one contender spot, and everyone got all upset. Oh, how dare you suggest that the two top guys should fight for the number one. And everyone got mad, and there was bannings, and all this freaking nonsense going on. And then and, and, he and gets... The reason why- Go ahead. And the reason why he got his power shot because of the COVID with Woodley. I was meant to fight Woodley in London in March. Yep. And the only reason why he got his power shot because he, he went and beat, and beat Woodley. So if it weren't for me, you wouldn't have got no power shot. Well, and we'll take a step further. Uh, it was supposed to be Jorge versus Kamaru in July. They couldn't come to terms with Jorge. Yeah. So then they made the Gilbert fight and then he got COVID, unfortunately, and then they went back to Jorge on a week's notice, and then he got the title shot yeah. after that. And so my thing is, yeah. all right, he got the title shot. You got your opportunity. Why are you trying to take another man's opportunity away? Now he's going out and saying, you should fight me, you should fight me, you should fight me. A year ago, he wanted nothing to do with you. And my thing is, like, great, everyone should fight great. But, like, man, you got your title shot. You got your chance. You got your opportunity to realize your dream. Why? Go bother someone else. And look, I have nothing to do with it. Like, it's like, why are you trying to take away this man's title shot who has done it the right way, who has put his head down, who has put his hard hat on, who has, has been messed, you know, like screwed up by the politics of the game, all that stuff. Leave him alone. Go fight Vicente Luque or someone like that. That's the part that really grinds my gears here. Like there should be some kind of 
there should be some kind of sort of like bond between the fighters. Yo, man, you just fought for the belt. Don't take another man's opportunity away. Don't take money off his table, food off of his plate. When you just fought for the belt, that's what annoys me about this situation. And I'd love to get your opinion, your feelings on how you feel when you <laughs> hey, see bro, the This tweets. is why you're the best in the game, yeah? God. This is why you're the best in the game. You're honest, you know, and this is what other people can't see. It's like, he's had his title shot. Muscle has two, two title shots. You know, now I'm, I'm, I've been there the last six years grinding away, keep my head down, um, doing everything the company asks of me. And still, like I said, they, they, they're trying to fight against me and say that I'm scared on social media. I don't, I don't want to fight them. But, mate, you've had your title shot. I've, I've, yeah. I've, I've done everything I need to do. I've proven my case time and time again. Ten in a row. That's the most in the division, um, obviously, to, to the champion, Usman. So if I don't deserve it, who does? Right. Luke can't get it. I've already beat him like two, three fights ago. Now they're bringing so Luke out. You hear this? Where people are like, you should fight Luke. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Arrow. The- <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on in this company? Oh, God. <laughs> I think people who are saying like, that don't even know that you fought Luke. That's how little they pay attention to the history of the sport. Exactly. Exactly. I thought I beat Luke like three fights ago. How, how are you talking about Luke getting a shot over the guy that's beating? That's still on the street. That ain't lost since. This doesn't make sense to me, you know. But like I said, I I am um I'm I'm young and willing, I'm willing to go and fit. I'm in shape and um I, I want my title shot, you know. I should have feel like I deserve it. I've I've earned it. I've worked hard for it. I've sacrificed for it. And why not me, you know? Now, so if they fight in, and by the way, I just want to say, like, I have nothing personal against Gilbert Burns. I hardly know the guy. He thinks it's personal. It's not. It just kind of grinds my gears to see someone try to take another person's opportunity away when you already got the oh, Gilbert, he's an ugly little tree stump, uh, Gary. Right, he's, 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 <laughs> he's on my Twitter, yeah, like, every day, just talking shit. Like, mate, you got knocked out by a jab. Like, shut up. You're annoying. Like, every day I go, I go on my Twitter. He's on my, <laughs> every day I'm on Twitter, and Arrow, just trying shit. Yeah. Like, bro, just like shut your mouth and go do something, you know. So, does this take your love away of the game? Like to see you say you feel like they're they're trying to get you to lose, they're trying to get rid of you. Like, how do you feel the same passion about the sport, about the company, about everything when you feel like they're against you? Um, it's, it, it, it gets to me some some days. You no, know? it is annoying. You feel like it's running on like a, a wheel in the same position. You know, like mate, I've done everything you've asked me. I've went went out there and beat everyone you put in front of me. Like, what, what more do I need to do? You, you have a guy like Kobe, for example, like I said, sat out for over a year and a half and got a tire shot after coming off a lot, I've come off a victory over Woodley, over rib injury. But when I, when, when I want to sit out for like six months and get my tire shot, oh, no, nah, you can't do that. That's, that's <laughs> 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 what, what was doing that? He's on a 10 point streak. He needs at least one or two more. Like, it, 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 I do get, get ups and downs, you know, but like yeah. I said, I'm focused and, and I'm being a world champion. I truly believe that we'll be a world champion, you know, and I feel like this is, the the test I have to go through to 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 show how much I want it and Gosh, it, it will test. come you know it's like a two year test at this point jeez Louise Errol I'm built I'm built different Errol man right. it's annoying like I said but it's, it's coming it's, it's, it is you know have you ever had a face to face a chat a Zoom chat a phone call with the brass and being like yo guys what do I have to do ten in a row here unbeaten ten in a row I fought everyone you like what do, what do you want me to I accepted the Hamzad fight it made no sense. Have you ever had that 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 meeting of the minds with them personally, man um, to man? Not per not personally, no. Um, I spoke to that Dana some in person, but um, as far as like going back and forth by talk shows, more than like Tim and and Artie, you know, yeah. they 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 handle my 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 side of it um that way, and they they they're, they're on it. They're, they're speaking to the UFC. They're they're trying to get it made and trying to get it done and try and put me in a position where I can fight for the for the world title. You know, um, like I said, like if it's not me next, and who is it? You cannot. 
You're asking that book, you know? Well, okay, so here's the thing. So you get the Diaz fight. It was uh, it was all you for 24 minutes, right? He had the moment at the end there. We can't sugarcoat it. He had the moment where it seemed like he rocked you a little bit. Do you feel like that screwed you? Do you feel like you are paying the price for the last minute of that fight? If it would have been 25 minutes of all you, um, no one yeah. could say anything. But now, now I, I legitimately, legitimately see people say like, oh, but he got rocked in the last minute. I'm like, yeah, he did. But he was winning 24 other minutes before that. What are you talking about? It was a great moment, and it's why we love Nate Diaz. But in the end, like you won the fight fair and square. Do you feel like you are paying the price yeah. for that final minute? Um, For sure, 100%. As soon as I left Octagon, I said it straight away to, my, to, to Tim and uh, to my coaches, like, fuck, you know, like, uh, I shouldn't have, I know to find any excuse to not to give me what I've earned, you know, and when, when, when that happened in, in, the, in the last minute, I was like, oh, fuck's sake, I know it's going to be like a harder road now to get to my, to my, to my title shot, you know, so I, I feel that they, they, they're trying to use that as, as, as an excuse, and, but how can you battery man for, for 24 minutes, yeah, get touched once, once yeah. in the fight, and then, oh, mate, you, you almost lose, blah, 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 like, what, what, what are we doing here? What, what's, what is it? Right. Like, I can go out there, battered man from pillar to post. But I don't know. Like I said, they're, they're trying to hate on me, but um, I am built different and I'll get my, my, my position. Yeah. Was, was it hard to enjoy that fight because of that final minute and knowing what was to come? Like to enjoy the, the aftermath of the fight when you had, a, you had just beaten one of the most popular fighters in the history of the sport. Were you able to revel in the moment or were you bummed afterwards because of that? Oh, final not moment? really. Not really. Like, like I said, two left, left it octagon. I said it straight away. Like, oh. Fuck, you know, like I should, I should, I shouldn't allow that to happen, you know. I mean, some of that, some of that I'm working on in my in my training camp. I've, I've done it even in sparring. I was like, if the fight's easy, I kind of like go into like a coast mode, and that that's when I always get caught, you know. I got to stay focused all the way through the fight, you know. And that's something I need to work on. That's what I've been working on since the fight, and um, it, it would never happen again, you know. So, um, since that title fight is scheduled for November sixth, are you willing to wait? I mean, like the winner of the fight will only be ready. You know, historically, February, March at the earliest, right? For you know, yeah. Us- Usman to his credit, really active champion. This will be uh, his third fight, right? In in twenty twenty one. So that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, because he fought Burns, he fought Masvidal, and then he'll fight this one. Um, but but yeah, you know, four or five months is you know that so that would take us to March or so. Is that cool with you? Because now we're talking, you know, a pretty long stretch. Um, without, you know, nine months without fighting. Yeah, I know. Um, when I say my story is early 2022, anyway, from me, from you. So yeah. <laughs> if, if, if that's the case, I'm going to wait until 2022 anyway, to January, whatever, right. February. I'm going to wait another eight weeks and fight for the towel. Right. Right? Yeah. So it's like a position where, uh, I don't know, I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's a tough spot. difficult position I'm in. And, yeah. What, what if they call you now, and not to put you on the spot, but I'm just curious, because I, I want to try to get rid, for your sake, of this label that you're just sitting around waiting. Like, you, you know, I feel like you've gone screwed. Everyone's gone screwed. But, like, it's just been a, a really bad, uh, you know, even, like, the eye poke and the one minute. It's like, you can't catch a freaking break here, Leon, for God's sakes. It kills me on your behalf. I need, I need that, day, that, day, that day in the white privilege. <laughs> get some of that day in the white privilege. Can I be honest with you? Can I just shoot straight? I think the guys that get, you know, I think Gilbert does a great job of this. I think other guys do as yeah. well. That's why I asked you. And this is, I think Tim and Audie are two of the best in the business. I think everyone knows how I feel about those guys. But I think that if you actually went face to face and had a chat with him, things might be a little different because he tends to favor the guys who go out, you know, Gilbert loves to post pictures of him and Dana doing selfies. I'm not saying you should do that. 
don't be, you know, that guy if you don't want to be, but maybe just to have that connection yeah. with him, it will give him some sort of reason to, you know, actually reward you. Have you thought of that? Um, not really. I, I thought it was a sport where if you go out there and beat and compete and win, you get you get your shot. But if that's that's what I have to do to get my shot is to go take pictures and selfies and be pally pally with everyone, then I don't know, you know. <laughs> Listen, man, me and you will go to the Vegas office together. We'll ask for a meeting. Let's go. I think it will work out great for you if you come there with me. I think it will work out <laughs> wonderfully for you. <laughs> I fucking won't get it. You came. You, you'll, be, you'll be fighting like, you know, number 25 ranked in your next fight if that happens. Um, so, at, so at this point, nothing has been offered to you, right? Just to, to, to get the no. record straight. Nothing's been offered. Nothing, no. Never called you about anything. Nothing's been mentioned. Right. You would again? you would be potentially if they offer you on in November same card, co-main event or whatever of that card in uh, in New York right here in New York. Would you be open to it if it's in two months? Would you be open to taking a fight there so that because I think the key thing is for your schedule to align with the champion, right? If you're fighting two months after the champion, then Usman's going to go fight someone else who's hot, right? The, and then you're going to be yeah. you know on the sidelines again. So if they offered you something around November, would you be open to that? Yeah, for sure. November, no, November, December. I, I, I'll, I'll be on it to do it. You know, like there's Let's no, but title shot. There's no one else I'm ever fight than George. Everyone knows this. You know, like like fuck this, this scared talking. I'm not scared of him. I've asked three years in a row to fight this guy. He turned it down every single time. You know, so like I said, it's a, I'm not waiting till next year to fight him. I'm always waiting for the title shot and fight for the title. Well, I've earned years ago. You know, so um, let's see. So this is great. I think we accomplish a lot here. You are saying if they call you and say, "Hey, you want that Jorge fight? Finally, you get revenge, three piece in a Sanova, You'll take it November, December. You just don't want to wait an extra two, three months after the title fight happens in early 2022. Yes. Yeah, correct. And you know, you know, you can take the fight as long as the money's right as well. So we're good to go. Why do you think? Why do you think that he won't take that fight? It turned out three years. Oh, yeah. I don't, believe, I don't believe that cage fighters, I don't believe you guys are scared of anyone, to be honest with you. I don't think he's scared. I don't think, I don't know what it is for some reason. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer what's the reason to keep turning me down, you know? I can't, I can't answer it. And just curious, for the sake of the conversation, because I'm sure he's watching, uh, what if they offered you Gilbert in November? Would you take that fight? No, I don't, I don't <laughs> like him. There's, there's nothing there. Gilbert does nothing for my career or nothing for me at this point, you know? Um, like I said, he's just got, just got knocked out, cried like a baby in Octagon, and then went and humped Wonderboy for for, for, for free, free rounds. So, um, nah. The only way I compete now is Masterdo because of the history we've got and the, yeah. the backstory behind it, you know? And with Gilbert, there's nothing there, just a short tree stump. The talk shit on fucking social media. That's it. And you don't go. You don't. You don't engage with him. Is that hard for you, or you? You don't no. Really care? Nah, I don't. Because it's just annoying. You know, I was laughing. He's like, mate, like, shut up. You're ugly. You cares. Like, <laughs> like, leave me, leave me alone. I want to just say I have nothing to do with this. I just want to say that part. I, I've said enough. Uh, you know, Gilbert, who everyone claims is the nicest guy in the world, and I have no personal issues with him. I again, I just get annoyed when someone who had the opportunity is trying to take that opportunity for someone else. That's the only thing. When, last year, I was the only one saying this is the fight that made sense. After Usman fought Masvidal in Abu Dhabi, 
hey, great idea, guys. Why don't we do Leon yeah. Gilbert, number one contender? And everyone said I was crazy. How dare you? Your winning streak was longer than his. Yeah, but this is why you're, you're number one, Eric. Thank Be you, honest. You're, you're, you're straight down the line, you know? You know, no bullshit. You're telling me as it isn't how, how it should be. That would have made sense. Yeah. Two number one contenders fight each other, then fight the champion. Yeah. That's just logical, you know? But if, like I said, it is what it is. By the way, who wins? Usman or Covington? Um... Usman probably, Usman from what I've, I've I've seen from both men, you know, I think um, Usman is more. I think the, what would be the difference would be the power in the shots and the strength, you know. I think they're both similar in what they do technically. Yeah. I think the difference would be the the the, the power and the strength. Uh, is um, is it fair to say that you're rooting for Usman because of the history? Like you want to beat him, right? You want to be the guy. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I I like for him to win and for me to fight him for the belt, you know. Uh, he's the last person to beat me um, six years ago, and I'd love to get that one back. So, um, 100%. All right. Uh, anything uh, you think I need to add here, Leon? Anything you want to say before we say um, goodbye, or do you feel like nah, you've said I think we've been covered it all good. now. We've got a point across. <laughs> this is so. good. I feel like you cleared <laughs> the air. I felt what annoyed me why I reached out to you was people were saying, oh, now you're ducking Masvidal. I was like, no, he's not ducking Masvidal. Guys, let's just keep it real here. He doesn't want to wait two, three months after the title fight. That makes no sense. On what planet does that make any sense? And so I'm glad we cleared that up, Leon. Here I am. Good man, I will continue it. to fight the good fight for you, Leon, until keep you get fighting that title it, And then I'll say something keep about fighting. you. When I, when and, I get the belt, I'm going to come. Oh, you will come? We'll come to your office. We're right at the studio, put belt on the table. That would be nice. And now, we can be like, arrow. <laughs> we did it. Although I might say something and then you're going to get mad at me like everyone else and then you're going to forget all this work I've done and all the enemies I've made on your behalf, but it's okay. It's uh, it's the right thing to do. Leon, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for doing good it with match. a smile. Thank you for coming on the show as always and, and good luck in this journey, my friend. Good man. Thank you, brother. Thank you again. All right. There he is, the one and only Leon Rocky Edwards. I'm just trying to keep it real here. Everyone's going to come. Oh, it's because of this. It's because of that. I can't say why because everyone gets hot under the collar. You know why. It's, 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 it's nothing to do with that. It's what's right. Tell me with a straight face. Tell me in what other instance has someone been unbeaten in 10 fights in a row? And yes, I know the Bilal Muhammad fight ended unceremoniously. And yes, I know that was sucky, but he came back and fought. It could, it could have been him. It could have been someone else. He came back and fought, what, two months later against, uh, against Nathan Diaz. It was supposed to be in May, and then they moved it to June because Diaz had to, uh, to withdraw. Remember all that? Where you're told, no, 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 you got to do more. On, on, on what planet? It doesn't make any sense. And we all know it's because he doesn't puff his chest out. He doesn't talk smack. He doesn't do this. He doesn't market himself. He doesn't play the game. But he just said it. Rewind the tape. He just said it. Give me that fight. November, December, around the time. I'll take it. Even though he doesn't really have to take it. He just said it. Come on, guys. Be fair. Be fair. Do what's right. This man has put in the time. He has done the work. Stop trying to take that opportunity away from him. You can't say no to the fight last year. And now when he's on the cusp of fighting for the belt, try to take it away from him. That's just bad. That's bad karma. I'm sorry that's bad karma. It's not right. I would never do that to my fellow, my fellow brother, colleague, whatever, in any event. 
I get all fired up about this one because this is like, of all my years covering this sport, maybe the craziest story that I've ever seen unfold. It's crazy. I feel like I'm living. Am I the only one who sees how crazy this is? Why is it more people talking about this? Aren't more people talking about this? Can't even speak. Anyway, uh, let's get to our next guest. He is the reigning, defending UFC featherweight champion. He is headlining the pay-per-view on Saturday, UFC 266. He is in Las Vegas. We are getting a chance to see Alexander, the great Volkanovsky, back finally against Brian Ortega. There he is, the one and only Alex. Look at that setup with the belt over there. What a pro this man is. Alex, how are you? There we go. I'm good, mate. I'm good. Yeah, mate, look at that. Look at that. Yeah, nice shiny belt right there. Now, who's this uh, guy in, in the back? Is that Ash over there? What's happening? In oh, the you sh- can see it. You can I see mean, Ash. Golly, yeah, yeah, Ash. Ash. I mean, <laughs> always looking for camera time, this guy. Huh? Jeez, Louise. That's it, mate. He's always trying to, he's always trying to take my shine, eh? <laughs> I love Ash. One of the best in the business. Uh, great to talk to you, Alex. A lot to talk to you about. Uh, first, uh, last time I spoke, and, and thank you for doing this on Fight Week. I really appreciate it. Um, last time we spoke was right when you revealed the bout with COVID and everything, and it seemed pretty gnarly. I'm just curious, how are you feeling now, and how long did all those you know symptoms last for you? How long were you dealing with it? Yeah, I'm all good now. Obviously, I wouldn't be fine if I, if I wasn't. But, uh, yeah, no, it was obviously a process easing back into training. Um, I had a program, uh, the UFC, uh, the PI, they, they had for me to ease back into training, obviously, uh because it hit the lungs pretty hard, we, we couldn't, you know, get straight back into it. Obviously, we wanted to take care of the lungs. Hopefully, there was no uh, scar tissue and all that type of stuff, but there wasn't because uh, uh, it took probably maybe six six weeks till I was training 100%. Uh, but after that, you know, uh, I was uh, fit before you knew it. So it wasn't too bad, but I'm all good now. Okay, so I've heard from athletes who have dealt with lung issues and get t- thankfully, none of those issues for you. Yeah, yeah, very thankful for that. Okay. Um, now, as far as the training for this fight, I know things are very strict in, in New Zealand and Australia. Were you able to train at your gym with your coaches and your training partners? What was the uh, what were the conditions as far as training for this fight were concerned? Yeah, it was uh, yeah, lockdown is uh, pretty strict uh, at, uh, in Australia and New Zealand. So it was uh, difficult, but uh, we were able to have the, the bubble. So a bubble that I've done you know, for maybe three camps now anyway. So we had the bubble, uh, but again, you know, it was obviously a lot of protocols and, you know, you obviously had to get tested regularly and all that type of stuff and couldn't really do anything but train and be at the house, you know what I mean? So, but I mean, it was good. We, we ended up, we were lucky enough to get a, a heap of the boys uh, that we usually train with in the bubble and we just trained together at Freestyle Fighting Gym. So it was a, it was, it was good, a good camp. So uh, we put the work in and uh, we, we got the job done anyway. So, mate, like obviously you're going to hit hurdles sometimes. There's going to be adversity no matter what you do, but. You know, just adjust to it, uh, adapt, and, you know, just move forward. Aren't That's you, what we did. Are you too tired of this at this point? Like, man, does it wear on you? Jeez, I, I just – you must long for the days where you could just do whatever the hell you want, right, in training? Man, yeah, you're definitely, definitely uh, over it, you know, but uh, hopefully uh, things are changing uh, over there soon. You know, they're, they're talking about it, uh, getting back to normal pretty soon. So I'm just uh, hoping that happens, you know. So, look, man, I'll, I'll do what I need to do. I usually just bust my ass at the gym anyway. So it's end family time, you know. That's the type of guy I am. So it's all good. But, you know, seeing the kids, uh, you know, being homeschooled and for the wife and all that type of stuff, it's tough. You know, uh, again, I'm a, I'm a pretty selfless type of guy. So it's not me that I'm worried about. It's, you know, it's, it's my family that that I feel are, are struggling a, a lot more than me me with it, you know what I mean? Because, so, uh you know, the kids should be at school, sure. uh, learning, you know, working on their education and, and playing with their friends. And, you know, right now that that's not happened. So that's tough. But hopefully it's back to normal soon. 
Um, and so did you, you came, uh, you arrived to Las Vegas Saturday, right? Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. Saturday. Yep. Uh, actually yep. I was surprised. Usually when you're coming from Australia, you're, most guys will come like two weeks out because of the time zone and everything. Why did you come so close to the fight? Uh, like you know, it depends. Usually, uh, you know, we, we, I've done weeks uh, plenty of times, but obviously, uh, last time, you know, we're here uh, longer and, you know, uh, obviously got, got the COVID and all, all that type of stuff. So we, we'd rather just come here, you know, and then get straight in the bubble, uh, you know, just to take a, you know, just to just be as careful as we can, as safe as we can, so we could, we could, uh, make it to the fight. You know okay. what I mean? That, that's, that's the main thing. But again, we just wanted to finish camp at home and, and, uh, yeah, just get here on five week. Now, uh, this will probably be the toughest question that I ask you all interview. I did notice, uh, Alex, uh, we have shaved the dome. Why did we do that, Alex? You're hiding it from us Lockdown. right now. You just couldn't. You Lockdown. Couldn't... <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so no barber can't get a can't get a, a hold of uh, any of the the barbers or anything like that. So, like I said, the strict it was strict. You know, the lockdown was uh, very strict. So you couldn't go. You know, you we had to. You know, most people in Australia are shaving their own their own hair, so or cut cutting their own hair and, and things like that. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to try and cut my own hair and do fades and whatnot because it would have been looking uh, even worse. So I just thought, you know what? Let's just shave it off nice and easy. Don't have to worry. Don't have to shampoo it. Right. You know what I mean? You don't have to do your hair when you're doing your interviews and whatnot. So it's easy. It's definitely easy. Are we sticking with this? It's different. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, uh, once we uh, when we get out of uh, out of uh, lockdown. And I can uh, get my bob looking up. I'll talk to my bob and see what see what he wants to wants to do with it. And just curious, uh, obviously you're with the freestyle guys, Joe Lopez, your longtime head coach. I'm I'm, I'm assuming is with you in in Vegas right now. Yes. Yeah, I figured he just walked in. Yeah. Okay. Master Splinter's just over there. Uh, my best to him. What about the CKB guys? Uh, no training with them, right? Nah, nah. So I haven't been able to do that for. Uh, Three camps now, yeah. three camps. You know that's how long this whole damn thing's been uh, going. So, but I mean that you know it's it's all good. Like obviously, you know we're still in contact with them and all that type of stuff. They're still going to be Eugene's uh, still going to be in the corner and all that type of stuff. Oh, but okay. yeah, we just did uh, that. We've done our last three camps at a uh, at freestyle fighting gym, and we use the same guys. Like I said, we have got a lot of uh, beasts from uh, from uh, around Australia all come uh, to help me. So you know I was blessed to to have uh, Joe organize that for for me. Now this uh, this will be. By the time the fight happens, uh, if my math is correct, 14 months since your last fight, since the Max Holloway fight. It feels like a, a lifetime ago. Do you, are, are any worry about things like ring rust and, you know, not, you know, because you, you were a pretty active fighter uh, before all of this. No worry about any of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about that. I'm just, you know, obviously, you know, I wish I was in there. You know, I like to stay active. You know what I mean? That's the type of guy I am. And, you know, I don't, I don't like just sitting on the sidelines. Uh, I like to be in camp doing my thing and bust some ass and, and defending titles, you know what I mean? But it's, you know, it's just, uh, that's, that's what we'll dealt. So you gotta, you gotta, that's, there's nothing I can do about that. But I mean, ring rust, I ain't worried about that one bit. You know, I'm too prepared. I'm too composed. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, I've, I'm always, uh, I always do well in these sort of situations, no matter what it is. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a pretty, I'm pretty chill and composed in whatever environment yeah. I, I, I'm in. So uh, I'm not worried about that one bit. Uh, so you were supposed to fight Brian for the first time, you know, when this was booked back in uh, March. And here we are. Are you kind of tired of thinking about Brian Ortega? I would imagine at this point, like, you're just kind of tired of prepping for this guy. You actually want to actually fight him, right? Oh, mate, yeah. There's obviously you got the, the, the two camps that I have to do for this bloke. Uh, 
uh, and then uh, you know doing ultimate fighter with him oh, as yeah, well, and right, yeah. uh, you know and now now you know obviously I want to put my hands on him as well. So yeah, I just can't wait. I'm excited, mate. I'm, I'm honestly even this whole fight week process. I didn't get to do that last time. So even me just uh, having chats with you guys and being you know being with the, the boys that are usually with us at fight week and just doing all the fight week shenanigans, mate. I'm enjoying the process. You know, I'm probably one of the early fighters that does enjoy the, the process. You know, it lets me know that oh yeah. We're here. We've got a job to do. You know, it's it's you know, you know what I mean. That's 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 why we're here. So it's good. So I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm excited to get back in there. And not only that, I can't wait to punch Ortega in the face. How do you feel about Ortega now that you did the show with him? You've been around him. You know, as 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 a guy, as a bloke, as as you would say. How do you feel about him? Say we had this conversation before my my first fight with him. It'd be totally different. But uh, you know, again, he's he showed me a, a different side. You know, I just believe uh, what I've been saying. He's he's just like a, he puts on a front. I don't know why he does it. Like uh, he, I don't know. I think he just wants to act like this real caring type of guy. Maybe you know, I don't know what it is. But you know, that's not what I seen. You know, I seen a, a little sensitive, uh, spoiled little brat. Uh, you know, if if that makes sense. You know, what I mean, it was just you know, you just little things that, as you probably heard about the the pranks. Like he, he would prank me, but we weren't allowed to prank him. We weren't allowed to prank his car. Just little situations that I like, you know, we did to the producers over certain things. Uh, and then just some comments uh, when, uh, whenever, we'll, you know, whenever I confronted him with things, you know, little uh, stupid comments, he would make little douchey comments. So it was just, uh, you know, and again, and then even listening to him on interviews and, uh, you know, him just playing a whole different side. I'm like thinking like, almost acting like, oh yeah, no, 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 no beef. You know, we, we all good. I'm like, I know he don't like me. I guarantee you he does not like me. He's telling all his friends I'm a piece of shit and whatnot, you know what I mean? He can't wait to bash me. I guarantee you that. But then, uh, you know, he just puts on a, a weird front that I don't understand. He, he's, a, he's a weird bloke. I, I don't get him. So so on the show, uh, he he said, like, you can't prank him? That he was off limits? We weren't allowed to touch his car. So we end up getting his keys and we're like, oh, all right. He, and mind you, he just uh, did a prank on our car. You just mess with our cars. We laughed about it. You know, again, do whatever you want with us. You know, we're, we're, we're all good with it, man. I'm used to the band. I'm used to pranks. You know, living in Australia, you know what I mean? Like that, That's how us boys roll. You know what I mean? That's just how we are. So I thought it was great. The banter was good. I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. They go, oh, yeah, now we've got his keys. He left his keys in the gym. Let's do it. We've got a producers. Oh, we've got his keys. We're going to, you know, mess with his car. Like, obviously, we're not going to break his car or do any damage to it. But no, no, we're not allowed, you know, we're under strict rules, we can't touch his car, blah, 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 and all this type of stuff. So, I don't know, they, they had rules in play that, that we weren't allowed to do things to him. But put it this way, there was no rules on our end. Wow. You know, you could do whatever you want, you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was uh, anything goes for us. Are you a big betting guy, Alex? Do you look at that stuff? Am I a big betting guy? I wouldn't say I'm a big betting guy, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I bet here and there. I was looking at the odds, minus 185 for you as of right now and plus 150 it felt i thought i was a little surprised a little closer than i expected um i don't know if it was because of his last performance which now feels like a very long time ago are you surprised by those lines uh yeah yeah i guess but not really man because because uh, they're disrespecting like you say, alex they're disrespecting yeah, you for yeah, god's yeah, sakes yeah look man but mate they have been my, my my whole life you know what i mean i've been you know what i mean i've been the underdog my whole life you know people are you know that's just how it is and and I love proving people wrong. So that motivates me. Man, like I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't care if he was a favorite. You know what I mean? If he was a favorite, I'd, I'd laugh and be like, oh, I'm going to make my boys money. I'm going to make the real ones that know what's up. I'm going to make them some serious money. Because I guarantee you, the people that know, that know the game, they're betting on me. 
Uh, you know what I mean? And like, uh, I guarantee you, like anyone that's trained with me, he's betting on me. You know what I mean? So people can people can uh, say say what they want. Again, like there's going to be doubters the whole whole way. You know what I mean? And you know, I'm uh, yeah. I'll be honest. I used to worry about what people thought and and things like that. I used to it used to worry me, and I used to really care about what people. Are now I was like, whatever, it's all good. They they're going to say things no matter what you do. Mate, you like look at the type of guy I am. Like, I'm one of the nicest blokes you ever meet. Like I, I would even go out of my way to to like sort of you know, not offend anyone. I'd go out of my way, literally. I couldn't even have a proper conversation because oh, they might take offense to this. And people still take offense to it. People are going to still make me look like I'm the you know the worst human being. I'm like fuck me, all right. That's it. I'm done. I'm not even going to bother anytime. Like again, I don't need to try to do anything. I'm I know I'm a you know I'm a I'm a pretty chill dude. Like I'm a, I'm a friendly guy. I'm proud of that. You know, I'm not, so I don't need to worry about uh, offending anyone. If the people are going to be offended, that's on them, not me. So l- things like that, you know what I mean? So uh, uh, I just don't care too much about, about that. And, mate, you know, you're going to get a lot of people in the media that are going to say things that I don't agree with. But at the end of the day, mate, I, I can prove them wrong. Because, again, I've already got that underdog mentality anyway. You know, I'm already telling myself that. Sorry, man, I'm just trying to fix my phone here. I'm already telling myself that. You know, like, you know, again, that underdog mentality in preparation, just to, yeah, you know, you haven't done enough. Uh, you need to do more. He's, you know, he's probably working harder than you. You know, I know he's not working harder than me. I guarantee you he's not. I know for a fact he's not, but I'm telling myself he is. Yeah, I'm going to have that sort of mentality. And I have that with everything. So, again, them just booking, that can just add to that. It's like, all right, yeah, they, these guys still doubt me. Let's go and uh, shut them all up. Uh, taking that one step further, I think that of all the male champions in the UFC, you are the most underrated, most underappreciated. You don't get the 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 love that the other ones do. The attention, the 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 media attention, the headlines. You don't get talked about. You're just kind of there. Do you agree with that? Do you agree that you don't get the attention that some of the other? Well, I'll, I'll yeah, 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 man, I agree with that. I haven't been the one to to really care about that. But many things things are changing, and I'm going to change that. You know what I mean? Going out there and doing what I plan on doing this weekend is going to change that. So uh, I'm going to go out there and uh, obviously, you know, we, you say this every time, you're going to put them away. But, mate, I am doing everything I can. I'm going to, you know, shut uh, Ortega's mouth up by putting his head through the canvas. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to get that finish. You know, I'm going to be working very hard for it and it's going to come. I'm going to crumble him and get it done. And, man, I want to, I want to put on a performance. You know, I want people leaving that arena like uh, absolutely blown away by the performance and get people talking. It's uh, not only winning's right now, winning's not enough. I'll be honest. So it's come to winning's not enough. It's all about you know, how, how you're going to get this fish, how you're going to perform, all that type of stuff. All that's coming into play. And, uh, and, and you know, that, that's something that I think has changed, motivates me. It's made me, uh, you know, even uh, work harder. You know what I mean? So uh, it's, it's good. This is, this is a, a good thing for me. And again, that let them let them hate whatever, and that just adds fuel to the fire. Uh, but is it is it a tough spot? Because you say that, and that's great, and that's music to everyone's ears. But you also don't want to put that pressure on yourself, right? Because isn't it not true that like when you try, when you look for the finish, bad things will happen, right? So you don't. It's been working so well for you. Whatever you've been doing mentally, physically, you don't want to necessarily change all of that in your approach to the fight, correct? Oh man, look, obviously you've got to be calculated. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to see me go out there and, uh, you know, go punch for punch with people. That's not how I, you know, again, in martial arts, especially fighting, you know, it's, it's hit and not get hit. You know, these are things. So these are obviously things that I live by. You know, obviously I'm, I'm going to be very calculated in my approach, but there's going to be, uh, there's, there's, there's holes that I see. There's, there's, 
You know, obviously you've got guys like, say with Max, for instance, when you, you know, you've got the, you've got a durable guy who's got a great chin and then he's obviously fit and got a gas tank. So kind of like that is going to be a little bit more difficult where, you know, Ortega, even just being with him through the ultimate fighter and all things like that, I can even see through his mentality and things that he said that, you know, he, he's not good under pressure. You know, he looked good. He looked great in his last fight, but that was because he, he was able to just do whatever he wanted. You know, I mean, a zombie just let him do his thing. And that's no, you know, I'm not trying to have a shot at a zombie, but zombie fought a, a fight that everyone knows that I don't fight. You were going to be thinking in that fight with me. You were going to have to adjust to what I'm doing. You were going to be under the pump. You know, you are going to be figuring, your, your brain's going to be ticking. You know, your, your, your body's going to be fatiguing. And uh, I've already seen just from being in, in his presence that he's not good there. And I guarantee you I'm going to put him there. So again, this is a calculated... Okay. sort of a situation, if that makes sense. So this is why I'm seeing it. And again, once I see that, once I see these little, little, like if I see anything, a little hint of, oh yeah, he doesn't like that, a crumble and bang, I'm going to pour it on. Now, again, it's going to be calculated, but you know, if he shows any, any weakness, I'm going to take full advantage of it. You climb the mountain that is Brian Ortega on Saturday. Very good chance. A very familiar face is going to be waiting for you in Max Holloway. I know you don't want to look past, but is that is that weird for you, or is that ex- like how do you feel about this? The fact that he it's back to Max Holloway potentially after this. Man, I, I don't I, I don't feel I feel anything with that. You know, at the end of the day, he did what he he had to do anyway, right? So again, we got Ortega. Ortega's the, the number one contender right now. I'm going to go out, take him out, and whoever's next, who's the next in line? And you know, Max Max has you know he's had he's had his fights. Uh, I think he's fighting. Yeah, I don't even know if that's locked in. Do you know if that's locked in? I'm not sure. Supposedly. Uh, that that's a fight that's happening. I don't even know if it is, but you know he's at least going out there. Uh, Max said, "Yeah, Rodriguez." Oh, is that is out that, there? I don't know. You're breaking news for us, Alex. Here we go. Oh no 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 no! I, I just heard according it to Alex so Volkanovsky. Just... Print it now. <laughs> <laughs> no no no. Well, no. Well, actually, I'm I'm going off. Uh, I thought uh, that's what I just remember seeing that. Whether that's actually happening or not, but anyway. But what I'm saying is, you know, he wasn't sitting back waiting to just get another shot. So good on him. You know, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. He's doing what, what a number one contender should do. What I did before I was a champ. You know, I was fighting. Who's number one contender? I'm going to take them out. You know, or, you know, Max is fighting uh, Frankie Edgar. I want to be there as a backup. I don't want anyone else to take that opportunity away from me. So, you know, he's doing the right things. But, again, I've got to take it to worry about this weekend. I will, uh, I will be successful. This belt ain't going nowhere. It ain't going nowhere anytime soon either. You know what I mean? I'm going to be uh, in the you know, next fight, whatever, whoever it is, I'm going to be in the best shape of my life, the best nick, the knowledge uh, I'm evolving every day. And uh, I guarantee you I'm going to you know, be putting on better performances each time I get in there. I don't want to do a whole woe is me thing here, but I'm just curious. Do you think you have suffered from the fact that you, as champion, haven't been able to fight back home in Australia? There is there is like a, a trickle-down effect. You know, you, Connor fights in Ireland. He comes across like a superstar. Izzy fights back home. You come across. There is something special. When Stipe fought in Cleveland, I think it raises the profile. Unfortunately for you, COVID times, you haven't had that opportunity. Do you think that that has hurt you a little bit? Oh, yeah. Like, it definitely has. You know, it's a, it's a difficult time to be... Oh, different time for everyone. Right. But especially being a champion, you know, yeah. especially being in lockdown, you know, you can't go do, you know, I wish I could be traveling, you know, uh, watching watching uh, fights, you know, doing a whole heap of media, doing tours and whatnot and, you know, all that type of stuff. You know, fighting in my hometown, you know, full crowd Aussie fans, uh, you know, all that type of stuff. You know, all that stuff would be incredible. But, you know, we're, we're not in, 
you know, we're struggling with, the, with that at the moment, especially in Australia right now. So it is what it is. You just got to deal with it. But I mean, that'll change. And, uh, you know, and again, I'm not planning on losing this anytime soon. So I'll get, I'll get all their moments uh, very soon. Now, Ortega's a great fight, Alex, and uh, Max Holloway would be a great fight. I, I do have to uh, say, I would love to see Alex Volkanovsky versus AJ McKee. And there's been a lot of talk about the new Bellator champion. <laughs> By the way, people get mad when I say, oh, this is, a, uh, first of all, it's not going to happen anytime soon. He's Bellator. But have you been able to watch this young man, AJ McKee, who just won the featherweight title in another promotion, Bellator? And if so, what do you think of him? Oh, I know. Yeah, obviously, I end up seeing like a highlights and whatnot. Um, yeah, man, look, you're always going to get people that are calling your name. You know, I've got people in my division, the UFC, calling my name, and you're going to get them, uh, you know what I mean, uh, from, from, other promotions and that that's going to happen. And like you said, is it likely, is that fight likely to happen? No, but I mean, let, let's be real as well. Even if the kid is good, you know what I mean? And I, I guarantee you, you, you're, you're praising him and whatnot, but let's be realistic when we're talking about, look at my rise to the title and look at his rise to his title. You know what I mean? It's just totally different. You know, you, you've got a bunch of absolute killers and then, you know, he, he could be a killer himself, but, you know, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't had the competition that that we've had, and that's obviously you know what I mean. It's but again, you know, is he a great fighter? Yeah, he probably is. Will he beat me? No, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, like if he was to, you know, you know, why should someone from a different promotion ever get a chance to to fight that when we're gonna you know go go through you know a bunch of killers to to get to that title? You know, like I did. You know, goats of the division. You know what I mean? Uh, some of the best featherweights you've ever seen. That's these are the guys I have to fight to get a shot at that title, and uh, these guys can just you know fight in uh, different promotions. And again, I'm not trying to have uh, you know not trying to show throw disrespect, but you know let, let's look at my resume and then look look at look at his resume. But I, I'll be honest, I haven't checked his resume, but I, I guarantee you it's not as good as mine. <laughs> uh, in other words, what you're trying to say is there's levels to this, right? And you don't feel like he's on your level. There's levels to this, and again, you know, what I mean, I, I'm not, I don't even know the guy, you know, what I mean. I, so I'm not going to sit there and throw shade on him, but you know, I don't know too much about him. But yeah, I know he's called me up. But let's be real, you know what I mean? Uh, I've worked very hard to get a shot at this, uh, you know, for someone to just get a shot just purely for winning in a different organization. Mate, I wish, I wish I like, when I was winning titles outside of the UFC, I wish I could just fight the champion of the UFC too. Right. So that's how I look at it. Although Michael Chandler got a title shot pretty early in his run. He wasn't even champion in Bellator by the time he came over. But he's not a free agent. It's not going to happen. It's just fun to, you know, compare the champions in the yeah, other organization. Oh, man, like, and, of course, these things are going to get brought up. But, hey, oh, I don't mind it. Yeah, bring my name into it. All good. Whatever. That's all good. But is it going to happen? Probably not. <laughs> uh, two last things for you, and then I'll let you go. And, again, thank you for the time, Alex. Uh, talking about that rise, uh, I think you know this because I, I think I saw you comment on it. A guy who you fought... Uh, in the early days of your career, unfortunately passed away, Kyle Reyes, um, not that long ago. What do you remember about Kyle and fighting him a few years ago? Yeah, yeah. So I've met him a few times even after after our fight. So yeah, very talented uh, fighter as well. You know, he was a, a beast, you know, a very well-rounded, great, great striking and, and uh, uh, grappling. So I remember, yeah, I fought him on PXC. So that was my first fight, my debut on PXC. Um, but yeah, I've met him a couple of times actually in Vegas when I uh, was here for Easy's fight, I think it was. He come up, went out of his way to say hello. And um, yeah, every time I see him, he literally goes out of his way to say hello. You know what I mean? So he's, he's a cool, good kid and I've heard nothing but nice things about him. And yeah, you know, it's obviously very unfortunate. You know what I mean? Like, you know, for something like that to happen, you know, going in for, a, you know, uh, I guess you could say a pretty simple uh, surgery. And then, you know, 
you know, just, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty heartbreaking. You know, I know a lot of people that knew him and that were devastated about it. So my heart goes out to his family and anyone that knew him. Um, I do have to say, and, and thank you for that. I, I do have to say, I, I love, uh, I, I love talking to you. I love everything about what you do, but honestly, I go out of my way. I'm not just saying this. I go out of my way to watch the cooking videos. And I love the quick right. ones. That, I love the cooking video. You do those yourself because you do what you do. For those that don't know, on his Instagram, on Alex's Instagram, it's uh, like you have you, – it's all edited, but then you like narrate over it with this fast-paced, fun you know, uh, narration. Ooh-wee. I don't know what you say at the beginning. What do you say at the beginning? What do you say at the beginning? How you doing? How you doing? That's yeah. a Norbert. Norbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> Who does that? Do you do all that yourself or do you have someone helping you? I will. Man, because we're 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 in lockdown, so yeah. yeah. So I'm doing that just from the phone, you know, just through the reels, just having a bit of fun with it. Uh, obviously, my YouTube channel and all that type of stuff. Uh, yeah, go go check out my YouTube channel. That's got some cooking shows. That's obviously more edited and, and longer, you know, sort of explaining how I cook things. Where this one's just quick, rough, uh, funny little little uh, quirky videos. You know, what I mean, great. just showing a bit of a Aussie humor. Uh, you know, just having a bit of a laugh. But everyone loves food, mate. You know what I mean? So. You know, especially for people that love martial arts, they tend to, to be food lovers as well. So it's actually a bit of a hit on my Instagram. So go check that out. It's good fun. It's really, I'm not just saying this. It's really well done. It's fun. Uh, you seem to be a great chef. And so uh, could I ask if I'm hosting a party to watch UFC 266 this Saturday, what should I cook? Give me, give me a, a dish that I should cook on behalf of the, uh, the champion All Alexander right. Volkanovsky. What should we cook? Man, look, uh, I've cooked plenty of steaks on my, my, my things and I've, I've explained it pretty well. So I reckon you could cook a mean steak with some of the information that I've, uh, okay. that I've got out there. I'm a Just big, remember, yeah. room temperature, well rested. Just remember that. Yeah, you, you leave keys, it up there, keys right? to a good steak. You have to leave it? You don't touch it, hey? right? Is that what you mean? Yeah. You don't touch it? Room well, yeah, yeah, let it rest. Let it rest. Let it rest. Okay. You've got to let the steaks rest uh, probably longer than you even cook the thing. I like mine rare. I like my steaks rare. But uh, so, yeah, I literally let it rest a lot longer than uh, than it is to cook the thing. Would you be offended if I asked for it well done and with ketchup on the side? Is that a bad? That's the way I like my steak. I'll pretend I didn't fucking hear that. That's why. That's all. <laughs> I like it well done. I'll be very offended. Yes. Why? Why would you get offended? That's the way I like it. Why do people get so mad when I say well done? Why is that such an offense? Ah, uh, look, look, man. Obviously, I don't, I don't really care. But man, I no. just people care. I wouldn't want to watch you eat a, a well done steak, eh? I had, I actually, you were talking about ass, had ass, asked for a steak, a uh, medium, uh, well done, and I was. He looked at I looked at him in disgust, and he goes, "Oh, oh medium, medium," and he ended up changing his uh, his order. And I was like, "That's better." Especially while I'm sitting here cutting fucking weight, you don't eat a well done steak in front of me. All right, hey. I knew I liked Ash. Well done. That's a man with great taste. Who would have thought, Alex? Oh, mate, uh... Come on, who would have thought you would be headlining a card over Nick Diaz in 2021? Right? What a crazy world this is. The legend Nick Diaz, you're at the top of the bill. Mate, is it? Mate, how good is that? Mate, oh, mate, it's just, oh, yeah, man, honor. Obviously, honor, like, uh, both of them, Robbie Lawler and Nick Diaz, man. Like, uh, just to have them, uh, you know, to headline a card that they're on is uh, just incredible. You know, a, a great opportunity, and, and I'm thankful for it. And I can't wait to watch it, because I still remember watching them uh, go at it, you know, so long ago, man. Like, it was a, so it's, uh, yeah, so it's a pretty incredible to, to be in the position I am. And, again, like, obviously, I'm a UFC champ and all that, but, mate, I'm still just a regular bug, man. I'm just a humble dude, man. I'm back home. I forget about this. That's why I get it out sometimes. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit, you're the champ. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm just a regular bloke. So to, I'm still a fan of the sport as well. So I know 
I know Nick D as well. I know how big he is. And then to see that uh, I'm headlining a, a card like that he's on, is, it's just, you know, man, it's a, it's incredible. So I'm thankful to just be in the position I am. Very thankful. Alex, I wish you the best. Thank you so much for the time. Good luck on Saturday. Can't wait to see you back in there. And uh, thanks, as always, for coming on the show, for talking to us. I really appreciate it. No worries. No worries. And please, your next take, try medium. Just no. try medium for me. I can't do or it. Medium, medium well. I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll, 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 I'll say this. If, you, if we ever are in a situation where you're the chef with you, I trust you based on the videos. Otherwise, it's ketchup and well done for Helwani. Catch up and well done. All right. All right, mate. I'll, I'm going to have to leave it, leave it with that, mate. I'm off, all right? All right. Thank you, Alex. All the best. Good thank luck. you, mate. Appreciate it. All right. There he is. Jeez. The featherweight champion, the man, Alex Volkanovsky. What a mensch. And yes, as of right now, minus 185 for Volkanovsky, plus 150 for T-City. Brian Ortega, a little spicy there, right? Ooh, a little, uh, I, w- I, w- I would say uh, we haven't heard that. Oh, Mysterious Frank going to be so mad. I'm sorry, this microphone, it's like here, you, you don't think it's that close, and then you hit it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, but that was a little spiciness from Mr. From Mr. Volkanovsky. Uh, 266, Saturday. ESPN, ESPN Plus, pay-per-view. Comain. Valentina Shevchenko, Lauren Murphy, as of right now, minus one two zero zero aka minus twelve hundred for valentina shevchenko plus seven twenty five for lauren lauren murphy as of right this moment robbie lawler and nick diaz who fought in case you missed it as i said at the very top of the show 209 months ago 209 months ago uh they uh they they last fought nick diaz fighting for the first time since january of 2015 when he fought anderson silva Remember that? Unbelievably, afterwards, suspended for five years. That was then reduced, but uh, had that great moment outside the courthouse in uh, Las Vegas where he talked about how big of an injustice. Everyone believed it was an injustice, and then in the end, they were able to, to change it, and he still didn't fight, and now he's back. You know the whole story. Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz fighting this Saturday. I still can't believe it. It's kind of wild. Although I did say at the beginning of the year that he would fight. Anyway, as of right this moment, minus 110 for each of those guys. So even money. Uh, it's a fun card from top to bottom. Um, and I'm looking forward to it very much. Another fight that I'm looking forward to is Nasrat Hakparas against Dan Hooker. Now, you may have followed this over the last uh, few days. Uh, Dan Hooker came out mid last week and said, you know, the visa situation. We know about what's going on in New Zealand. It's very, uh, it's very tough right now with the lockdown and the rules. And we've talked to him in the past about you know the voucher to come back home. They've just dealt with COVID in a different way. Um, fortunately, unfortunately, whatever your stance is, it's just been tough for athletes, for anyone trying to leave and come back. And so he put it out there. And then the, the word was that he has an appointment on Monday and he was hoping to get the visa. And then if he gets the visa, he'll be able to fly it on Thursday because that was the first available flight, which given the time difference, he'd be able to land in Vegas Thursday night, weigh in Friday morning. I mean, this is unprecedented stuff. The last time we saw something like this was with Darren Till and Kelvin Gaslam. Shorter flight from London to New York, but he also arrived on Thursday, weighed in on Friday, and ended up beating Kelvin Gaslam. This is a lot more involved 
a lot of stress, but also a much longer flight. And so uh, a fascinating story. As of right now, the fight is on. We are going to get Dan Hooker versus Nasrat Hakparast on Saturday. Uh, and it's just, like I said, unprecedented. So I wanted to have Dan on. And uh, like Izzy, a couple of weeks ago, kind enough to join us very early in the morning over there in New Zealand. It is currently 7.33 a.m. Tuesday morning. And Dan Hooker is still in New Zealand. He is fighting on Saturday in Las Vegas. Uh, historically, he would already be in Las Vegas, as Alex Volkanovsky is already in Las Vegas. But there he is, I believe, at home in New Zealand. Good morning to you, Dan. Good morning, Ariel. Nah, that's uh, that's a lot to take in, but I think you, uh, I think you wrapped it up pretty well. Okay, so as of right now, as we are talking on Monday afternoon in New York City, Tuesday morning in New Zealand, this fight is on. You are fighting Saturday night in Las Vegas against Nasrat. I'll be there. Nah, that's all. Um, that's all in the clear now. That, that visa was the the only thing stopping me. It came to like last Friday here in New Zealand. My flight was Sunday and. The consulate got in touch with me and said, no, nah, we're not going to be able to process your visa till um, the end of this week. And I was just like, "My, I've done so much work to get to this point uh, right now. So I went to social media. I turned to MMA Twitter. I turned to social media. I was on the 6 o'clock news here in New Zealand on, on a few um, different stations and just everyone everyone getting behind me and, and just bombarding the consulate. Like people were submitting like um, – get Dan Hooker's visa is like full, full application. So as everyone's help, um, then out of the blue, they, they said, uh, all right, we'll give you an appointment Monday at midday. Don't miss it. I got down there, um, got it done. So as far as I'm concerned, this fight's away. I'll be getting out of here Thursday. Okay. Well, this is unbelievable stuff. Did you know the entire camp that it would come down to the wire or were you told at the last minute, Hey, we're not going to get this visa. And then you started to worry. Um, this camp has been, uh, a pretty tricky one. <laughs> so I signed, when I signed this fight, I signed it like five weeks ago, Sunday. And then, um, that Tuesday we went into like a complete lockdown here in New Zealand. And, and if you don't know about lockdown in New Zealand, it's not like lockdown in other places, like everything, absolutely, absolutely everything shut. The U S um, embassy shut as well. So the consulate was shut. They weren't processing any visa applications. Um, UFC got in touch with them and they said, all right, he can't come down to the embassy to get his visa so you can post it in. So I, I filled out all the forms. I, I got it posted in. Um, and yeah, I was sitting around waiting for, for four weeks to kind of get that thing returned. They had my passport for the last four weeks and then for it to come to last Friday and then to um, say that they're not going to get it done in time was just was just I couldn't accept that that's something that I just couldn't accept uh, did they tell you like did they initiate or did you call them and say hey what's the status of my visa like did they give you the heads up to say hey we don't think this is going to happen or did you have to ask them uh, so like the UFC was speaking to them um, directly you know I was going through uh, the people at the UFC were speaking to okay. the people at the consulate and they were, they were, yeah, they were confident that we were going to get it done. Like the, the embassy knew the, the time frame. They knew I had, they knew where my flight was. They knew why I was going and for it to come um, down to the wire, like a day or two before my flight for them to tell me pretty much 
they pretty much they were calling me to tell me the fights canceled. Man. And I was just like, nah, this is I'm gonna take this into my own hands. Do you think if you don't make it public, if you don't go on Twitter, Instagram and all that stuff, this doesn't happen, you're not fighting on Saturday? Without a doubt. One hundred percent, without wow. a doubt. If I didn't um if I didn't put the the pressure on them, like no one from the embassy is gonna or the consul is gonna come out and say, Yeah, all right, if you just bombard us on social media and absolutely harass us on the six o'clock news that you're gonna get your visa application like processed a lot faster. Like they're obviously not gonna come out and say that, but for something for it to come out of the blue like that, for them to have like no real back and forth discussions and then for something like an appointment to come out of, out of the blue. As far as I know, that's the only appointment um, they've granted for the last five or six weeks. No way. Really? Wow. That's unbelievable. So what about like Eugene and, and your, Eugene's going to be there, right? Yeah, but he, he can just come across on a, on a Esther. I need a, I need a work visa. I need a, I need a P1 visa. So that's, um, that was the real holdup. Okay. Wow. When you went there, what did they say to you? Like, how did they receive you? Were they annoyed that you bombarded them? What was that like? Nah, like nothing, nothing. I, I went down there, um, the doors open and the guy just like put his hand out. He just put his hand out. Cause I had to, I had to hand him, um, <laughs> I had to hand him some, like a last minute photo. I had to hand him that. And then he took that, went up that went upstairs and then I waited outside for an hour and a half. And then an hour and a half later, he came down and someone else just, Passed me my pass, passed me my passport, and left. Like not, not, <laughs> not like a single oh word was spoken. Were you nervous in that moment, or did you think you 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 got it? Oh, I had to, had to have it, had to have it. Like the yeah, I couldn't. You can't. You just wasted energy right. thinking about like the negative stuff, like it not happened. That, like that, that in terms of everything, that's the easy part. Getting your visa and, and all the flights and things like that, that's the easy part of getting into the fight. You still have to focus on the main thing, which is getting in there with one of the best fighters in the world and competing. Okay, and so why are you leaving on Thursday? Why can't you leave? You know, it's Tuesday now. You got it on Monday in New Zealand. Why Thursday? So there's only like two flights, um, two flights out of the country that direction <laughs> a week. What? So it's either, it's either, yeah, yeah, it's either Sunday or Thursday. Those are like the only two ways that you can get to North America. There's like flights leaving New Zealand on, on Tuesday and stuff like that. But they're like, you fly from, you fly the opposite direction. So if, if I could have gone on a flight Tuesday, but it's something like 50 hours, you would have to fly, you'd have to fly 17 hours to Dubai and then like 14 hours to LA. And then like, so it's, I probably would have, I would have got there. I would have got there Thursday anyway. So it's better. This is, yeah, this is my only real option. If you, if you miss that Sunday flight, then Thursday's, Thursday's the only, it's the only flight. Was that always the case or is this a COVID thing? with this, this limited amount of flights? Oh, that's a, that's a COVID thing, man. Man, before COVID, you, you fly out every half an hour out of New Zealand. Like this is it's a COVID thing. 100%. So what time is your flight on Thursday and what time are you scheduled to land in Las Vegas on Thursday? My flight's uh, 7.40, leave here, leave New Zealand, 7.40 PM Thursday. And then pretty much like, cause I got to fly to uh, LA and then, sit around there for a bit and then I'll get to Vegas 
arrive in Vegas, uh, I think it's 7.30 p.m. in Vegas. So by the time you get to the hotel, like an hour, hour and a half, probably like 9 o'clock, uh, 9 p.m. by the time I get to the hotel and all checked in and stuff, and then weigh in uh, 9 a.m. So you land at 9 p.m. Thursday night, and that's 12 hours till the weigh-ins. That, that, I don't know if that's ever yeah. happened. I think that is a first in UFC history. No one has ever arrived that late. They'd probably tell you uh, for sure. But even Darren Till got there before when he tried to make that, fl- that fight in New York, which he did. Uh, how worried are you about the weight cut? Nah, I'm not, I'm not worried. I got the right people. Work with the fight dietitian. He, he does um, all of that kind of stuff for the boys. I, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about it. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's the small stuff. We can, we can iron that okay. out. C- could I ask how much do you weigh right now? Uh, like a normal lightweight weight, like 70, 78. 78 kilos? Kilos. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to get for my own um, 78 kilos to pounds. It would be one. you're 171, and you have to make 156. Yeah, about that. And, and by Thursday when yeah. you fly out at 7.30 p.m., what is the goal <laughs> that you would weigh? Um. No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like it's like anyway, Kay, you just you just take it as it comes. Like some some are easy, some are tough. Uh, I'm I'm prepared for absolutely anything. Okay. I'm prepared for like who, who, I don't know. I don't know how your body holds on to the water from flights. Um, I don't know how long it holds it. Like we're just I'm just gonna do what I'm told and and focus on the fight. Like that's um yeah that's that'll that'll work itself out whether it's a hard cut or whether it's an easy cut that's once i'm there i'm there but you are confident you will make that weight oh without a doubt are you flying by yourself uh eugene's on the same flight oh he is was he always flying that late or is he staying back for you uh, yeah, he 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 hung tight he hung tight till the last minute he was on the sunday flight too but then um once that wasn't going to happen. Uh, yeah, he, he got pushed to the Thursday flight as well. Now, this is all, you know, it's a crazy story. You know, it's fun for us to talk about all this stuff. But as you said, end of the day, you're fighting another man, a very good fighter on Saturday. How have you been able to stay focused, prepare while you're dealing with all this other drama? Oh, this is, um, this is just another piece of this camp this camp has been uh <laughs> it's been like a tricky one moving moving like straight into lockdown so we went into lockdown like five or six weeks ago um and pretty much lockdown they give you till midnight and then wherever you are midnight you have to stay there for the entire lockdown um so eugene put the call out and he's just like all right dan's got a fight a couple of the guys have got other guys have got a fight everyone move into the gym get there with all your stuff your bedding and stuff like that before midnight and then we'll ride this lockdown out in the gym wow. we were there for we were there for two weeks and then um like then the police came through and they like reassessed the situation because the boys had done it before for one of israel's camps um they, the police said they like reinterpreted the rules and that they're, they're gonna they're gonna break the camp up. So you guys are gonna get out of the gym. So then they gave us the boot from the gym. You know, Eugene made the decision for everyone to like break off. Um, yeah, and then I, I tried to get my visa sorted pretty much from that moment onwards. I was like hounding the UFC because they they 
everyone had to go to their houses. I had to go to my house and, and I've been writing out the last um, three or four weeks of this fight camp just at my house. Doing what? Push-ups and sit-ups? Doing what? Staying fit. <laughs> do you fit. have a gym at your house? Staying, <laughs> staying fit. Uh, no, I do not have a gym. I have I have a gym. So I like I train at City Kickboxing. Yes. I also, I also uh, own a gym. I own my own gym. But that's, um, yeah, we're not. I'm not allowed oh there. Gosh. Like I'm not under like the lockdown. Uh, I'm not allowed at that gym, even even by myself under like the New Zealand lockdown rules. Like I even though I own the gym, and it's empty, I'm not allowed to go there That's by crazy. myself. You can't just go and go on the treadmill if you want, and there's not a soul in sight. <laughs> nah, nah. So that yeah, like people were like I was here last week. I was here at the end of last week and then it was like 11 p.m. I'm like sitting on the couch and then I've got like missed calls. Um, so I give like the, the number a call back and it's like the police and they're just like, man, we've had we've had reports that you're uh, with five people at your gym training. I'd, be on, I'd have been on the couch the whole day. I've been <laughs> sitting on the couch the whole day. Uh, they were like, yeah, they're um, – We've had reports. You and five people have been training at your gym, Combat Academy, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, what? And they were like, we went around to this address looking for you. We went around to this address looking for you. And I was like, I haven't lived in one of those places in years. And the other place is a, a rental property. I was like, so are you serious? Someone like someone called the police, made like a false claim on what, what? I was doing. They came and investigated. They went and knocked on my like rental property. And they went, hey, is uh, Dan Hooker living here? Like, they, I'm pretty sure they don't even know who I am. Well, they, they definitely do now that police cars have showed up looking for me. Well, so I saw a couple articles, like, in major publications, and it's crazy. There's, like, pictures of you and Eugene and Brad Riddell, like, taken from paparazzi, like, from far away of you guys leaving the gym. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck is going on here? This is crazy. You guys have – and I think they – did they, like, give you two warnings and they said the next time there's going to be a fine and all this stuff? Is Did I read – Yeah, well, they said they said that the breaking up the camp was like a bubble. And then, obviously, um, like, they broke up for that. And then our next plan was to get, like, fly out, like, fly out to the States. But I still needed a visa. So after they broke up the bubble, you know, we tried to, from that bubble of, um, like, 15 guys, we just picked a couple of guys, like, two, three guys. And then, you know, working at, at my academy, like, trying to stay fit and what like that. But, yeah, that, uh, like, a reporter... He was like, I can see him on camera. Like he was camping out there from five in the morning. Jeez. So he was with like a with like a long lens camera uh, on my neighbor's property. He was like down the down the end of a driveway with like a long lens camera. And yeah, he he took like a couple of pictures. He called. He didn't just call the cops. Like that guy went to like the Ministry of Health. That guy called like got in touch with like the chief of police and Jeez. stuff. So they. Shit travels downhill, so it ended up like with with heaps of heat. So after that, yeah, after that, they were like, "Man, one more time, um, yeah, pretty much." I get caught one more time, they're gonna arrest. Come me. on, that is. Is there any end in sight to this? This this like current lockdown? Have they said by this date they will ease up? 
Uh, so like it kind of New Zealand lockdowns like started like the strictest and yeah. then it like will move down levels. It just went, so it goes level four and it just went to like level three yesterday, which is pretty much um, you can get takeaways. Like that's like the only addition wow. like, between. <laughs> so it's not real helpful that it's not, that it's moving down levels anyway. What are we going to do about the hair? I reckon. I reckon I'll give it a. I reckon I'll give it a you're shot. Gonna, I reckon I'll give it a shot at a face. Because uh, I saw on your Instagram, you were asking people. <laughs> I just spoke to Volkanovsky. He shaved it down to nothing. Are you going to do that? You wouldn't do that, right? I mean, you got the full head of hair. Well, you're gonna. Oh man, come on! If I if I if I attempt a fade, I have to. I have to be. There's a ninety nine. There's a ninety nine percent chance that I'm gonna end up with a bald head anyway. So I think I think I'll leave I'll leave that one as a surprise for this. Okay, fair enough. Uh just a couple other things I wanna ask you about. Um I, I saw recently that you said eventually by the time your career is done, you will do bare knuckle. This is something that you want. <laughs> Were you kidding when you said that? <laughs> I like there's a there is uh there is like a fine art. To be an oh boxing. Uh, if you if you go watch the like the Irish, the Irish, the travelers do it, like they they do it justice. I feel like it's like a real skill. It's uh it's it's probably what well, it's definitely why you know MMA fighters have a lot of success in being up for boxing against boxing. Just the like the smaller gloves like changes the guard a lot, like it changes a lot of things. If you watch if you watch like uh, a few of the like gypsy guys doing it. They're like 45-minute fights, 50-minute fights. Some of the most technical fights you'll ever watch. Like Joe Joyce, like some of the most technical fights you'll ever watch. That, that to me, is like an art to it. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's a, it's a completely different art. Okay. Uh, something you're interested in, you have respect and admiration for, but you're not running to go do it. Yeah, I would... I would I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna like not resign a UFC gotcha. contract. Fair enough. Um, and uh, Arman Sarukian not happy with you. Called you out, even though you have a fight this weekend. Uh, I'm assuming you you saw the call out. You saw his fight. You want to get by Nasrat, but is this something that you're interested in? If all goes well on Saturday. Yeah, like well, so man, I, I've been in a bit of a whirlwind. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I I saw the call out, and I was just like, man, I got, I got enough on my plate. I got enough on my plate to, uh, I can't, I don't have time to kind of think about um, what's what's happening next. So it's, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get in there with Nasra. That's that's my hundred percent focus at the moment. Um, any uh, talk of, hey, I'll get in Thursday. What UFC is going to be in Vegas the following week? Like, why don't they just let you fight the following week and not squeeze this in. Uh, like Sean Shelby called me up and he pretty much said, "You're crazy. I'll just move it to, to the following week." But I'm so if I move, if I fight on that show, even if you put me on the first fight of the night, uh, I can't get back into New Zealand indefinitely. So I miss. Oh my gosh! I miss my like uh, booking in the quarantine to get back into New Zealand and it's a lottery system now. So they just switch it to like a lottery system. Every couple of months they, they draw it out of a lottery. So you miss that four times. That's a year. You, you can't go home for a year. You miss the lottery four times. They ain't no going home. So it's a, that, that's a no option, like being locked out of, 
my home, away from my family and my businesses and my gym and my team for maybe like maybe a year no. for the sake of pushing that fight a week. I'm, I'm, I'm out. So do you have a return flight now? Yeah. Like I, I make it like, that's why, that's why I was so adamant on this date since for months, gotcha. for months. This is why I, I, I'm like willing to fight like an unranked fighter, like same thing Like the UFC came to me and they were like, um, I don't have anyone in the rankings for you to fight on that date. They're either matched or injured or, you know, not picking up the telephone. So it's, um, I was like, get someone unranked then. I will fight absolutely anyone on that day. It has to be that day purely for the fact that after the fight, I can return right. to New Zealand. What's your return flight? A uh, week later. So I'm um, in Las Vegas till October 2nd, I believe. Right, and that's when the next fight is, but you, you wouldn't be able to make it because it's literally on the day of the fight. That is crazy. Like like hours, like you have to you have to be on the right flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they can't even they can't even push me to the next flight. Like I missed that oh my God. flight. I'm I'm locked out of New Zealand indefinitely. This is so stressful. And and so you had to almost get the return and then get the fight, right? Like you had to find what what slot. That's that's how wow. it worked. That's how it worked. I booked I booked. Um, I booked this this voucher to get back into New Zealand in May. So I've had this since May. So I've been absolutely hounding the UFC um, since May to fight on this card. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like that? Like, did you know who he was? I, I like, I've seen him fight before. Yeah, I've definitely seen him fight before. And like how it happened was like super respectful. Like I had like a little bit of back and forth, like back and forth with Arman and stuff like that. Like he, I was, I put up a post, like I'll fight a guy unranked ranks. Like I don't care. I need to fight on this date. Like I went public with that to try and find an opponent after the UFC was like, I don't have anyone for you to fight. Um, so I went public with that. I was like, I'll fight anyone who, who in the division is willing to put their hand up. Like Arman starts talking shit. And I was like, cool. Like I've got to fight. I start like, I go back with him. I say, all right, let's fight. And he says, like, he comes out like a week or two later, like, oh, no, no, I'm already booked. I've got to fight. I was like, why are you talking, why are you talking shit then? Why, why are you running your mouth? You know what I mean? Like, you, you'll see, you'll see me say some wild stuff, but that's, that's fighting words. I'm trying to, I'm trying to fight a guy. It's very rarely you'll see me uh, talking smack if I already have a fight. So, Nasrat actually like DM'd me and he's just like, Hey man, like I'll fight you on that date. Like I'm uh, like I'm willing to step up and fight you. And I was like, man, let's let's get it done. Then I went to Sean Shelby, how about Nasrat? He said, Yeah, cool. We'll get that signed off. So it was like super respectful between like me and Nasrat. He just dm like he just messaged me, Yeah, I'm I'll take the fight. Um yeah, it's like super respectful back and forth. Guy. He seems like a good guy. I, my heart goes out to him. I know he recently lost his mother. Uh, so, uh, and I know I, I heard you say, I think it was to Submission Radio, like what you've been going through pales in comparison to what he's gone through. Um, and so I, it, it, it's cool to see, you know, the relationship that you guys have, even though you're you're fighting each other on Saturday. And I give you both a lot of respect for having to overcome all of this just to get to the fight. Um, also, I want to ask about uh, your your teammate, uh, Fao Vake. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Is there any update on 
his situation. I know you guys were very upset about the punishment uh, given to the the murderers. Has that changed at all? Nah, that ain't that ain't going anywhere. The the wheels of justice move very slowly. Okay. So there was like four of them, four of them involved in the attack. That's one of them who pled guilty. He was. That's why he's um, he pled guilty. Got six months home detention. The other three, their trial is next October. So next October. So we wait a year. A year? We're going to wait a year. I thought um, you meant next month. Yeah, we wait a year. No, no, no. So it's, um, yeah, 13 months until um, their trial. So there's, yeah, there's not going to be any clarity on that situation for um, for a lot, for a long time. But that's, that. we just wanted to highlight that, that first sentence just to show yeah. everyone that this is this is not uh, like a good sign for the future. Like this need, there needs to be a harsher penalty here in New Zealand for that because that's that's terrible. Absolutely. Um, well, I, I hope it all works out and that you guys are happy with uh, you know the, the the verdicts and and what is given out as far as punishment is concerned. So, in conclusion, Dan, two more days till you fly out. What do you do Tuesday? Wednesday, Thursday, what are you doing to now? You you should be in Vegas, right? You should be in the hotel and going. What are you going to be doing the next <laughs> two and a half days before you fly out? Yeah, I don't know. Sitting around twiddling my thumbs. I got a lot of, the, I got a lot of interviews um, just pass from time. my house, I guess. Are you alone play, there or is your family? Play PlayStation. Is your family with you? No, nah, like, uh, yeah, my, my wife and daughter. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, well, at least you have some company. And it, and it's New Z- it's Auckland to L.A., L.A., Vegas? How yeah. how long yeah. is that in the air total? Um, like, I think Auckland to L.A. is like, uh, like 12, 13. Okay. And then, then I don't one know hour or so. how long I'm waiting around. Oh, okay. Yeah, wait around for a couple of hours. And then it's like an hour. Man, God bless my man. Small potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> no, I, I can't wait to see you on that scale on Friday. Uh, you are handling this so well with a smile. I would be crapping my pants. I'm, I mean, God bless you, man. <laughs> I would be so nervous. I'd be in a ball in the corner crying. Uh, but you are an inspiration the way you're handling this. And I'm so happy that you got the visa, that they listened to you, that they, uh, that you know, geez, like just that they smartened up a little bit about the situation, that you're able to earn a living and fight. And I can't wait to see you fight on Saturday. Thank you so much for doing this and, and waking up early to talk to us as well. I really appreciate it. Good luck to you, Dan. We're pulling for you to make that flight, to get in the air and to land in <laughs> Las Vegas, to have a, a healthy, safe weight cut, and then to step on that scale and then eat a big old meal on Friday in Vegas, my friend. All the best. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. See you there. See you there. Wow. Unbelievable. Dan Hooker. What a story. Again, covering this sport all this time at this point, feeling like an old man. I have never seen anything like that. That is, again, the only time I can remember anything remotely close to that. Darren Till, UFC 244, New York. Had the whole Canary Islands taxi situation. Um, I think he had a visa issue as well. So he had to stay in London. But again, that's a six-hour flight. And so he was able to fly over, I think, Thursday morning. Got there Thursday morning, if memory serves me correct, because there was a a media day slash open workout. Cut weight. Won the fight. This one's a little different. I mean, that's a long, 
long flight. New Zealand to LA? You kidding me? Craziness. All right. Well, that does it for today's uh, interviews. Unbelievable. What a story. This guy, he would be in Las Vegas right now. He would be there right now. And now he's got to fly over. I mean, just unbelievable. Still two more days, and then he's got to fly over. Well, a fun day. Uh, so, again, uh, we are back on Wednesday. Uh, I told you about one of the guests who will be joining us, Alexander Rakic. Uh, there will be more. Uh, it is one to four ish again on Wednesday. We going back to back. We doing it like we like to do it. Uh, looking at this T-shirt here, this Anthony Smith T-shirt, UFC 266 is this weekend. A bunch of cards this week. You know, there's a contender series on Tuesday, one championship with a pretty good card on Friday, by the way, on uh, September 24th, the day before the uh, 266 card. Christian Lee, the brother of Angela Lee, uh, fighting for the lightweight title. There's also uh, his sister, who is a teenager, Victoria Lee, who is 2-0, also fighting on that card. Uh, you've got Brave, LFA, UFC, and, and, and Saturday's a great day because not only do we get UFC on Saturday night, we also get the Anthony Joshua-Alexander Usyk fight. So I am, uh, I am looking forward to that very much. Uh, that is a huge fight in the heavyweight division in boxing. That's a boxing match, by the way. That's going to be during the day. So I don't think uh, it is going to uh, conflict at all because I don't know if I could find it. I think it's on DAZN or something like that. Yeah, it is on DAZN. Uh, September 25th, 5 p.m. I think 5 p.m. Eastern. So it, it won't coincide. There's a lot of 266 fights, but it won't coincide. Uh, and then... If Joshua wins that fight, and then if Tyson Fury wins on October the 9th, could we potentially maybe get Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder? Not Deontay. Deontay Wilder is who he's fighting. Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. Finally, after all this time, it would be nice. Now, before I say goodbye, uh, are we able to say hello to Connor or no? All right. There he is, Mysterious Frank, who now uh, got... Frank, is it true? That that was for the public right there when you said, yeah, of course? No, that was that was just to you. Why? You said... You explicitly said to me at the beginning of the show, if I'm speaking to you on air, assume it's on air. I was trying to be mysterious. Oh. Now are you on air? Yeah. Oh, there he is, everyone. Say hello to one of the newest members of the team, uh, our audio guru. What is your exact title? I'm an audio engineer. Audio engineer, you're doing such a fantastic... There he is. <laughs> Mysterious Frank doesn't get a, a, a camera. It's just his voice, which is apropos because, let's be honest, you're an audio guy. Um, true or false, when you joined the team a couple of weeks ago, you had never heard of Conor McGregor. You were that sort of unknowledgeable, if you will, about the sport of MMA. True or false? I'll say true. Well, okay. Why? Do you, do you disagree? I just, I mean, I think everyone knows the name McGregor, right? But like your your knowledge was but limited. But my knowledge of it was very limited, yeah. Now you're all in. All in. You're watching everything. You're doing deep dives into Reddit threads. You're all over the P.F. Chang's movement. You know everything. <laughs> I, I know all the, my, my shrimps from my homeless cats, that's for <laughs> sure, yeah. Are you a homeless cat now? Well, of course I am. Wow. They're going to do a shrine to you. Within seconds, there is going to be a shrine on that page to Mysterious Frank, who has now anointed himself, in case you missed it, seconds ago, the new CEO of P.F. Chang's. Is that not right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
Well, thank you very much. You're doing a great job, uh, and it's great to hear from you. But no, I wanted to say uh, hello to Connor, spelled C-O-N-N-E-R, newest member of the team, producer extraordinaire, joining us from the mothership. Sans mask, Connor. That's very ballsy of you. What's going on? Did everyone leave the room? No, we got uh, we got people in here, but we got the approval from everyone. Wow, we, uh, we all felt comfortable with it. So uh, yeah, we're going no mask in here. Mysterious Frank, though, he still got his mask yeah. on. Yeah, Alex, everyone, Yoon back there as well. Uh, welcome to the squad. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I'm happy to be here. It's great to have you here. Joining us from the mothership. Yep, came from the mothership. That's how I met you. ESPN uh, spent three years there. And uh, now we're here. Happy to be here. ESPN Radio, we worked uh, together, right? A couple of those pre-shows, I believe, right? Did we do a DC and Helwani together? Yeah, a couple of DC and Helwani's, a couple pre-shows, uh, a lot of a lot of caller screening, everything like that. That's right. It was a good time. And then you, uh, you found out that I left, and you said, I got to get out of here as well. I need to hitch my wagon to this locomotive. You know, the, the Helwani train is just full force. That's it. That's that is exactly it, man. You nailed it right on the head. I had I had to hitch my wagon yes. to Helwani. And uh, I, I noticed uh, just very recently you, you got the rub from the great Mike Greenberg. You were on air. He was giving you segments and everything. You're doing voiceover work for him. And then you bolted. You stabbed Mike Greenberg in the back. I mean, Greeny's no Helwani, man. That's right. Hey, can we clip that <laughs> off? Casey, clip that off for me. Greeny is no Helwani. Hashtag... Uh, no, not hashtag, dash Connor Burks. Uh, and what I love about it is Connor, C-O-N-N-E-R, uh, which is how all the noobs spell Connor McGregor's name. So this is great. You also wouldn't believe how many people are, like, shocked that it's C-O-N-N-E-R. Why? The, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, the tech guy here, I told him it was C-O-N-N-E-R, and he was, he was hung up on it. He couldn't believe that it was. What did he think? What do you think it should be? C-O-N-N-O-R. That's how oh, I, okay. For an 11-letter name, it is misspelled so often you right. would not believe it. Yeah, just ask Conor McGregor, who gets it your way, the, the, the double N-O-R way. Um, all right, you are joining us from Georgia, correct? Correct. Atlanta, home of the Hawks that uh, yeah. defeated your Knicks. Mm, yeah, we don't know. Uh, this past I, mean, I was actually at SmackDown a couple of weeks ago, and Trey Young came out uh, to a—did uh, you see that? Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys love him then. Yeah, we you love, guys yeah, love yeah, Trey yeah. Young at the Garden. It's great. It's great for him that he's getting this kind of love uh, from, you know, they're, they're putting him over to steal a pro wrestling phrase. He doesn't deserve it. I love the chance. I mean, he owns the, the place. He, he owns the Garden. Uh, a big, uh, big Falcons guy. Big, I'm a Falcons. Super, yeah. I went to the University of Georgia. I'm all okay. Atlanta, so I have uh, struggled through a lot of misery during my... My time as a sports Also, fan. you might be the only person who hosts a college basketball uh, podcast uh, yep. about betting, right? Is it about betting? Yep, that's we just talk betting and college basketball. That's it. There's man. probably no other podcast like this on the planet, right? Uh, you'd be surprised. Really? But, uh, yeah, I guess I guess we just do it best. That's what I'll say. Well, everything that I've heard about you is that you are the gambling guru. You are all in on gambling. You love gambling. You're, you're dare I say, degenerate gambler. All your money goes to gambling. That's all you care about. That's all you think about. Accurate? Uh, it's pretty accurate. I've been known to place a wager or two <laughs> in my day. I take the uh, the, de- the degenerate badge. That is a yes. uh, badge of honor. That One I time take, I yes. called John Anik a degenerate gambler, and everyone got all upset about it. I, I was saying it affectionately. Like, I have a lot of respect for people who want to put their money where their mouth is. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's now legal almost everywhere. you got all these sports books popping up. So I have great admiration and reverence for people who do this. And so with it being so big in the world of MMA, uh, I want to use your, your nachas, your knowledge in the world of gambling. Because as you know, MMA gambling is a really big thing. Yeah, it's a huge thing. Uh, yeah, man, I'm going to hop in the lab, get some research in, get with my team, get everything yeah. uh, what, ready Who's to the go. team? You and Mysterious Frank? 
Oh, we don't have to name <laughs> names. The team that'll remain undisclosed. But yeah, we're gonna get the research going. I've uh, heard you say that you think that the uh, the gambling guys in this sport, bunch of hacks, don't know anything, never get it right, and you're you're gonna give them uh, <laughs> a real dare I say a run for their money. False wow. or accurate? I'm gonna say false. Okay. I, I need to give out some winners before I get that cocky on here. I'm I'm not gonna promise anything before we get going. All right. So here's your first uh, homework assignment. Uh, because as you know, I don't know if you heard, you're new to the team. We're doing Mondays and Wednesdays now, so you have to show up Monday and Wednesday. It's no longer the old I, days, Monday only. No, I didn't agree to that. I thought it was just Mondays. Mondays, Wednesdays, shorter show, so I'd say it's a, it's a better deal, but twice a week. Uh, 266 coming up. A lot of talk about the lines for this particular card. Uh, Volkanovsky, minus 185, plus 150. I actually went to go get some food before the show, Poke Place. Uh, let me give him a shout-out. What's her name? One second. Wow. Is it actually called Pokeball? Great place near our studio here uh, on Broad Street. Uh, great people. And the guy, like one of the first things he said to me was, Volkanovsky minus 185, that's crazy. They're not giving him enough respect. You got that fight. You got the Nick Diaz fight. Uh, even money is, is Shevchenko and Murphy. Is that worth a look? You know, because she's such a big favorite. What I want from you on Wednesday, I'm big into the parlays. Uh, can you give us a parlay? Can you give us something to, to, to lay some money on for, you know, the card on Saturday on Wednesday. Is that is that a fair homework Absolutely. assignment? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. We'll, we'll have single plays. I'll give a parlay, and I'll give an underdog. How's that sound? Okay. I like that. All right. So the pressure is on. Uh, at the end of Wednesday's show, we shall get your picks. Perfect. And, we'll and, on it. and what happens if you don't, uh, you know, like what's at stake here? Money. I'm, okay, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm good. gonna take these bets. If okay. I if I put them on the air, I'm gonna take okay. them myself. You're gonna do it. Okay. You're not just one of these guys who throws it out there and doesn't actually. Absolutely not. Okay. Nah. All right. Well, uh, welcome to the team. I look forward to the picks. And uh, in all honesty, l- very much looking forward to uh, working with you. TST, our mutual friend, speaks very highly of you. And so many people reached out to me from ESPN and said, "How dare you steal the brains, the heart and soul of ESPN Radio?" For the record, I didn't do any stealing. Uh, you know, this was all you. So come, you know, if you want to come at me. It was a little bit of poaching. No, well, I don't know. Yeah, it was a little bit I'm of I'm not a big poacher. Uh, all the best, Connor. We'll talk to you on Wednesday, okay? There Sounds he is, good. Connor. C-O-N-N-E-R, Burks. That's Connor, C-O-N-N-E-R. Not double N-O-R. Not single N-O-R like Mr. Connor McGregor. So uh, I do believe that does it for today's program. You know, one thing that I would love... I, there, there's got to be a way where I'm able to like scour before the show is over. Like, did I miss anything? You know, usually Casey hits me up with something if something big happened. Nothing here. Um, no, nothing over here. Okay, so nothing really happened because I'm not really looking at my Twitter while you know the show is going on. Last week at the uh, at the final hour, I got uh, the notification about. Joseph Benavidez retiring, and then we got the notification on Thursday, as first reported by MMA Fighting. I'm pointing at myself. I had nothing to do with it. Damon Martin, Guilherme Cruz, um, reporting that Carlos Condit uh, retired. And, uh, yeah, so it's been, a, it's been a busy few weeks. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to the MMA Fighting team. You know, you can get this podcast on Spotify, on Apple. Uh, it's on its own feed, but they're doing great stuff on the MMA Fighting feed as well which actually used to be the MMA Hour, the old MMA Hour feed, but then, of course, you know, took it over uh, as, as expected. Uh, so there's a ton of podcasts there. There's the um, 
the 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 Portuguese one that I mentioned a few weeks ago by Guilherme, but there's also you know the on to the next one that they do and the preview shows and the post shows and all that stuff. So do subscribe to both feeds, do support both feeds because we are doing a lot of fun things here at the new and improved MMAfighting.com. All right, mysterious Frank, you can hear my music. I have said enough. I have done enough. It's been a fun show. Missed call from Vitor Belfort. I didn't see that. I'm sorry. I will call him back. Maybe he wanted me to call him on air. Like with the the phone to the microphone. I don't want to put him on the spot like that. But I'm curious as to what he would like to talk to me about. In any event, uh, a fun way to start the week. Thank you very much to all our guests. Thanks to all of you who continue to support, who continue to download, who continue to subscribe, and who continue to comment and review and all that stuff and more. Thanks to all the fans. I love you more than you'll ever know. Thank you very much to Anthony Smith. Congrats on the big win. Hope you all buy his t-shirt. I love it. I will buy one myself. Thank you very much to Carlos Condit. Thank you for the memories. Congrats on an incredible career. Good luck in this next chapter. Thank you very much to Ryan Cavanaugh. Good luck to him. Next event coming up in October. Big thriller card, boxing card, Teofimo Lopez. Thank you very much to Leon Edwards. I tried, my man. I tried my best trying to fight the good fight for the little guy. Thank you very much to Alexander Volkanovsky. Good luck to him on Saturday. And good luck to Dan Hooker as he tries to make his way to Las Vegas this weekend as well. Back on Wednesday, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here.